You have to keep that sound effect in. That should be that like intro sound effect. Yeah. I would be I would be happy with that. What do you have in whiskey and what? Some Tesco classic cola. <laughs> wow. Nice. Like, I could have a whole discussion with you. I've got a few different colas here and they've all got different artificial sugar alternatives in them. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> I said, forgot about that. With I forgot about the sugar alternatives with the whole landlord thing. It's <laughs> <sighs> gonna start off with a whole bit being like, uh, "Hello, this is Owen. Uh, can you put Thomas on the phone, please?" <laughs> I'm sorry, can but call... Thomas. Hmm? <laughs> can you call your friends at school? Yeah. Can you come out to play? I need to get my. Uh, the answers to the English uh, question. <laughs> and it's easier to do it outside. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Mm, that's good artificial sweeteners. Mm. So what's crack, Thomas? Uh, not much. Not much at all. Just. I don't know where the intro to this episode is going to be, but sure. Do we'll, we'll get started. <laughs> as long as you include the glug at the start, I really do not like it. <laughs> Um, no real crack, man. Just very, very stressful couple of weeks. Actually, Some I need to thing. do something first. Uh, <laughs> sorry. All right, Thomas. All right, Don. So we get this thing properly started. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm okay. A lot better than I was last week. I've yeah. de-stressed a good bit. Um, yeah, this is uh, this has been it's been two weeks for us. But it's only, it hasn't been two weeks for any listeners. Mm. But uh, so we haven't we haven't done this in two weeks because Thomas was having a shite time. <laughs> I am having a bit of an issue with my landlord, where I the two people that I was living with had to move out because of COVID nineteen, which is fair enough. And then the landlord essentially wants them to keep paying rent or me to pay full rent, or he's going to move two people in. But I'm classified as a high risk for uh, coronavirus because of chemotherapy a couple of years ago and it doesn't matter they want their rent or they want me out <laughs> yeah it's some bullshit <laughs> yeah. and they're legally allowed to do this even with the pandemic rules like, no they can't evict me but what they can do uh, is they can withhold the deposit from Andy and Whitney because they can't find new tenants or they can essentially charge me the full rent and they actually are so I rang up the residential tenancy board and they are if I refuse to for them to move in tenants they are legally entitled to try and charge me full rent so that's kind of annoying because it's really hard to find places in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, it's so like, that's the whole point of the rent freeze and not being evicted. You're not supposed to 
try and get around it and being like, I'm sure I can work out a legal way to screw these people over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. what the hell? Like, yeah, and like, I'm still working. Like, I'm still, and I'm working. Like, now I am not like big myself. I'm not frontline, obviously, I'm not in the hospital, but I am like testing like drugs for bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and MS. Like, so that is. I deem somewhat important. Like, you're, you're, doing, like, you're doing the good shit. Yeah, you know, that kind of way. Like, you know, it's, it's only quality. You're podcasting. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's doing it uh, all. the most important thing, the podcast. <laughs> like, but I'm not, like, I'm not trying to big myself up too much, but it was just kind of like, like, in the emails and all, like, being like, you know, I've been to chemo. I got a search from the fucking doctor <laughs> and, and emailed that to them, and they took a whole day to reply, and then he just replied back yeah. and was like, Okay, how much extra time do you need? Have you talked to Andy and Whitney about the rent? Are they going to pay? It's <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! Like, you will do fine. Like, I'm still paying my rent, but it's like you'll do fine if, like, like if they missed a month's rent. I'd say they could miss a year's worth of rent for this place. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's not even all the rent. It's like a bit of the rent. Yeah. Still paying over a third of it. So like. But do you know what okay. I was actually wondering whenever we were going to be talking about this? I was wondering, is like, bet you there's going to be, a, if like ever a landlord listens to this, I bet you one of them will be like, damn right, they should. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I imagine that. You know, like, there will, will be one guy to be like, they fucking should. They should be charging them more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why we missed, why I missed last week, because I just needed to try and find a house and I was very stressed. <laughs> so are you, what's the crack now then? Get a new gaff and everything. We went for a view in a place today, but I don't know about it. It is above and overlooks a crash, but they're not on right now. But it's you're pretty... not allowed to go near crashes, sure. <laughs> 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 uh, by the way, anyone listening, I am I am allowed to go near. Well, not that I'm allowed to go near crashes. Like as much he just as really likes person. it. Yeah. <laughs> Loves going near crash. <laughs> um, and that's about it, really. There's possibly a place on Monday, and that's kind of so hopefully. But we've got the extra month, Andy and Whitney paid, so like the whole month is there. So okay, that's why I'm a wee bit more relaxed because I thought it was gonna so be you're in. secure so, and everything. Yeah, kind of. I thought I was going to be because otherwise it was going to be by Monday that everything had to go down like two days from now. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's not but, too bad. Yeah, it's, a, it's really. That's, it's manageable now. Like I still have to pay my rent, and obviously this month, so it's gonna be a tight month. Oh. Do you you have to pay extra rent this month? Do you? No, I didn't pay extra rent. That's the thing. Andy, when he paid the last month's rent this oh, month, so, okay, okay. It brings me up. We pay a month ahead. Right, right, right. But either way, everyone listening, the moral of the story is that whenever it's a global pandemic, we must all come together to make those profits. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we must. Uh... Hate everyone who is getting um, benefits from the government or something like that. So oh yeah, hate everyone. Yeah, hate uh, everyone who has become unemployed or wasn't employed. That is now just because we're all in this together, but not them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because we're more in this together than they are. But like, like you don't get like I don't get to go on my sun holiday to the Canaries this year. Like you know, stressful times, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to do, uh, did you want to read some emails? Yeah, I kind of do, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send them to you on Facebook. 
So everyone, we're not going to mention any names here or anything. Well, I suppose I mentioned my roommates, but I don't <laughs> um, Me and Owen are going to do a probably not even that dramatic of a reading. Hold on, let me see if I can get them in order. Of essentially just all of the emails that have been sent back and forth between um, me and my my landlord. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, sphincters flopperty management, was that what they were called? Mm, it's a, they're very summary. Rhymes, not really. Rhymes with, <laughs> rhymes with sphincters. So we'll just call them sphincters for short. Yeah, sphincters. <laughs> <laughs> now, you don't have to read all of this to take, because some parts of it are just like pretty much him being like, you need a passport ID, you need a landlord reference, you need a work reference. So I shall do the first one, I suppose, because it was actually my roommate that sent this. And although I've mentioned this name, I'm just going to have to mention it again because it's too late. <laughs> well, I can, um, I could probably, I could try and get rid of it. Well, you want to use first names, so I suppose it doesn't really matter. No, not really. It shouldn't fall back on any of us anyway, because we're not actually mentioning any names. So... Hi, I'm Andy, and I'm the head tenant in apartment 2, Flood 3 House. Unfortunately, due to COVID-19, I have to move back home a few months for family reasons. I cannot afford to pay rent for the next two to three months. Whitney, another tenant in the house, myself and Thomas, has been made redundant prior to the pandemic and is on a lower scale of pay, unable to claim COVID relief. Therefore, has informed me that she will not be able to afford the rent for the upcoming months ahead. Thomas is the only one who is working and commutes to Athlone every day. It's been extremely challenging to, to even get anyone to view his house during the pandemic. And since Thomas only finished his chemotherapy a few years ago, it's actually about two and a half. Uh, Thomas only finished his chemotherapy a few years ago. He, has a, he, he is at high risk and was advised to not do viewings with the public. So we were just wondering if there's anything that is in place to help us. Is there any different form of advertisement that, that, that oh, geez, almost said the name, that the company could, yes, <laughs> could help with? Or is the is landlord willing to reduce the rent significantly for the next few months? Thomas is the one most affected by this, and he's willing to take a phone call to discuss this with someone, with Whitney and myself. It's it's out of our hands for at least the next two months. Thanks for taking your time to read this. Kind regards, Andy. Am I reading the next one? Mm-hmm, I think. All right. <clears throat> Let me get in character here. <clears throat> oh, look at me. I'm a landlord. <laughs> 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 I have so much land and so many workers. Mmm, clubs everywhere. <laughs> Dear Andy, Whitney and Thomas. Is that Thomas? Is that a, a soft th? Yeah, th it's actually thoughtness, but... <laughs> I forgot to do your reason and why. Is this even... Can you understand this? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I'm just degenerating into the slime I am picturing in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Regarding the change of tenant, are we... Or not, that's just a weird... <laughs> Should I do a voice? I kind of want to... <laughs> I'd say do a voice, yeah, do a voice if you want to do a voice. Okay. Mm, it's me, the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> Or is it your reason inquiry regarding the change of tenant rent situation we wish to advise that all tenants are jointly and separately responsible for the rent payment at the property apartment too? <laughs> we understand you in the current situation and it may improve. 
Can you understand any of this? I can understand the first one a wee bit, but definitely not the first line there. <laughs> Alright, just just imagine I'm doing that for the whole thing, because I feel like as I go on, it's going to get worse. I'm just yeah, going to keep degenerating into, like, landlord... Uh, until it's just grunt. noises. Just, like, <laughs> dirty noises out of it. Yeah. I understand due to the current situation that it may prove difficult to source a replacement tenant however every effort should be made alternatively all tenants agreed to pay the full rent until such time as you're able to source a suitable replacement once you source a suitable tenant they are required to submit their application uh blah 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 blah, blah. give me money yeah it's reading between the lines here the new tenant uh yeah it's just all shite just saying uh that's grand but uh i'll take my money now please uh, pretty much. Because I'm a landlord. That's pretty much. And let me see. Try and find my next email. Hold on, I'll go to my actual emails. <laughs> and I actually, so like, I didn't actually know that Andy had mentioned my chemo in the first email. Yeah, I'd fair play to him for, for all that. Like. Yeah, for going for it. And. And like, just being like, to be honest, like, we're pretty, we're not being sneaky. We're being pretty straightforward, like, of just like, look, this is kind of how it is. Yes, but I'm a landlord and I don't have any money. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Can't seem to find my other email. Oh, yes, this is right. So I said, hi. Oh, shit. Cover, cover that up. <laughs> hi, sphincter. Hi, sphincter. I'm just, I'm just. I'm just emailing to confirm that an advert has been posted for the house. I would just like to say, uh, just email to say at this moment that I'm uncomfortable with new housemates moving in as I'm a high-risk category for uh, coronavirus. Just emailing to ask is any help, if any help is available or a bit of time to get things in order for the house or myself with this pandemic and me being immunocompromised. So that was what I replied, which I thought was not entirely unreasonable because... No, no, but that doesn't give me any money, you see. Because, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, it's just... I have to feed my habit of buying houses and exploiting people. Yeah, exactly. The house is like, it's going to crash and I'm going to make a killing. Uh, that's what I think he replied with then. They never actually once mentioned it back. I don't know why you're moving out. They seem really cool and nice and... Yeah, in fact, actually, one of the housemates has been here for seven years, the other one for four. And never, like, never been late with a payment. <laughs> That's some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, they just kept saying no. Pretty much, yeah. If you want, you don't, we don't have to do dramatic, dramatic reading of the next ones. But then I did send in my medical cert, and he was like, okay, how much time? So you can see it there. It says, how much time do you need? Yeah. What and then he's just at the bottom. But what about the rent? Have you discussed the rent with Andy? And he's like, Jesus Christ! Like <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we're uh, unemployed, not able to afford it. Pay me rent. Um, I can't get new people in. It could be very damaging for my health. But what about rent, though? It's just the, <laughs> that's just Thomas, everyone listening. That's just the theme of the emails. Thomas, I know that um, we're all in this together, and you're worried that you might die. But also, I'm gonna have to get some money. <laughs> A lot of money. Mm -hmm. Can I have it now? Um, uh, how about now? Uh, I believe you're actually interrupting my day of work where I'm trying to uh, get money. So okay, but you... I'm going to need the money now. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, God, I was Thomas, sick last week. Thomas, I'm he- I hear, I hear you. Money though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's my duty as a landlord to, to insist on more money. Do you not understand? Like, I suppose if you're, I'm thinking maybe they think in like Reaganomics, you know, like stimulate the top and let it trickle down the bottom. <laughs> mm, I like mm. the sound of that. Yeah, that makes sense, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, I was gonna say, so maybe I've just got an idea. Well, ask I'll ask our listeners whoever they are. Should I publicly shame these guys? <laughs> yeah, well, we kind of already have. Yeah. <laughs> if you can work out from our ver, if you can, cryptic clues. If you can't work it out, I'd say, what are you listening for? And <laughs> uh, no. I don't know, it's interesting because people, uh, some people have told me that I should go to the paper and other people told me I should go to a politician or something like Yeah, but, like... See, I feel like I might try and move out and then do that because then there's no possible way for it like, to fall back on me. Yeah. You know, I can <laughs> just like scare when, when, when are you moving? Do you have uh, a day don't, don't know yet. Okay. Unfortunately, we just saw in place today. There's a place that's hopeful that we're going to, on Monday, and if we they get back to us on Monday and say we'll probably take it if we can and we'll try and move in like this month okay Which oh you is... pay a month in advance is that what you said yeah but so then you basically got to the end of the month before you need to do anything yeah, the, end, the end of June and because we paid the extra month but then gonna have to come up with a it's gonna be about a thousand euro deposit and then a thousand euro first month's rent just fucking tight enough to do <laughs> and that's kind of because there's like there's nothing there's not really anything around Galway at the moment that is like less than a thousand, unless it's like attached to the landlord's house. You know, it's like one of those like one bed granny flats. Mm, like, that there's one of them. Like it's bad. Like they, looking at photos, there's one. To the landlord. <laughs> there's one of them, man, and I'm not even joking. It doesn't even have a proper bed. It has like one of those like couch bed things, but like it doesn't even have pillows or anything on it. It's like the entire thing is. And there's another one which is the entire thing is one room except for the toilet. Like you walk in and your bed is in front of you, and then to your right is the kitchen, and then there's a toilet, and that's it. Like, and that's that's one thousand one hundred a month. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing uh, it was like an Airbnb in Dublin, and it was just like this wee narrow wee thing, and it was just like a. a um, enough space for like a roll mat thing on the ground and it was all like decorated like it just made it look even worse because it like <laughs> there was wee shelves on either side and they put like um picture frames and stuff and it's like look at this you can have this for a night and it's like okay <laughs> what? it's like it's like i think there's only one picture they shared too could have been anywhere could yeah. be like a, a, a wee corner at the top of the stairs or something it was just like god hey there's um the reason for it apparently there's like these ones is like because these are all usually like short let B and Airbnbs but they can't do that anymore, so that's why they're like oh, yeah. there's a lot of these weird like we one bed but probably if people were Airbnb in it they only used it to spend like a night or two in Galway if you know what I mean, mm. and now it's like tenants and it's really weird they keep asking for careful tenants, anyone that's landlords doing like what the fuck is a careful tenant, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's mad, like, they ask for your PPS number as well, like, which I don't give them. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I won't give them it right away. They can request it after you end up before around the time of signing the lease because they have to register you somewhere. 
but like some people just ask you for your shit like straight out and it's like i'm not gonna give you all my personal information like, you don't need that <laughs> you need my email and my maybe my phone number at best you definitely do not need my bps number <laughs> it's like you're not even giving out real phone number <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so weird his number is 083-1234-5678 whatever the numbers it is one two three fake no <laughs> <laughs> Give them their own number back. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad that uh, things are pretty much started for you, anyway. Yeah. Last week, I was just so stressed, and I was even a wee bit worried. I was like, I go on this podcast, I might just vent so bad that I'll just get myself in trouble or something. Well, that's kind of what I was like, because I, I seen something that uh, your sister put on, on Facebook, and I was like, yeah. oh, shit. So then, but my reaction was like, oh, I should get Thomas and we can give out about it and we might get it sorted by sharing it on Facebook or something. But, uh, mm. but oh, it's probably that... better. It's probably better that you have it sorted and mm. got a bit of peace of mind or whatever. Yeah, I don't really want to move out, but like like I would prefer just if there was a wee bit of help. Anyway, maybe you're right. Maybe we should have done it. But I was just like, even like Kelly was saying, like I was just so like i just got we both did we got so incredibly stressed if you know what i mean i couldn't like yeah. sit still or sit down like it was just i needed like a, a break and i was lay down for a while and just kind of stared at the ceiling <laughs> for like an hour or two just you know whenever like sometimes some stuff is because it's been fucking super busy at work too like yeah and everyone's just really tired with this shift switching every week that i feel like it just really kind of all kind of came like you know it's you know whenever you feel like just everything's like fall like collapsing on top of you because you're so stressed yeah and I just was like, I don't know what. <laughs> but it's a wee bit better now. It's still kind of a shit situation because we're still not sorted yet. But we have about four weeks, roughly. So yeah. hope, hopefully we'll get somewhere in four weeks. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be back. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that has been everyone listening. Let me let us know if I should shame them or not. And Yeah, or even just if you have your own bit of advice. Or even your own stories, because um, that's one thing my sister was saying, was maybe, uh, or not even maybe, you probably wouldn't be surprised with how m- many situations similar to this because of COVID-19 are occurring. Yeah. As, you're, as you're saying, they're like, their landlords are trying to figure out a way to get around, like or not even get around, to just kind of work the law to their advantage, which of course we can't really do because we don't have the money or the time. Or the power. <laughs> or the power, yes. Because we don't have land. Or if you've had... Uh encounters with uh, sphincters flopperty management no, as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could it be I don't know <laughs> um, anyway so how has your two weeks been <laughs> uh, my, mine's have been pretty good actually um, yeah no nothing crazy uh, it's been yeah keeping Keep them, trying to keep busy and nice read a bit of music and stuff and all the rest. That's good. I had a wee moment one day where I started getting like really annoyed at myself because I don't know. I realized that that's a I don't know. I realized that is like a a thing that happens where I get like frustrated with my own brain or something. Mm-hmm. It's like I wanted to do a load of stuff and it just like wasn't happening. And yeah, then just I up no motivation. Writing. It was like I had motivation, but I couldn't. I was like, I don't know, it was weird. It was like, I wanted to do this stuff, but I couldn't make myself start it. Mm. And then I ended up writing a wee, like, few lines of song, and that kind of helped. Yeah, kind of, like, it kind of feeds whatever your mind's looking for at the time. 
Well, it was like I used the frustration of not doing anything to do something, and that was kind of like uh, just put myself at at ease a little bit. Mm. Oh, that's good. It's good because like if you're able to do that, like that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. If you know what I mean, if you're able to push yourself like that, because that's the one thing that like with everything is about push yourself and to do a routine like, and yeah, try and stick to it and always whenever you. That's what I need to do more, but I'll get there. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. I feel like I'll get there whenever this balances out a wee bit more and I've got more of a system. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not too bad. But uh, that's good. How'd you you get on with So apart from that day, how'd you get on every other day with just getting shit done? Uh, Yeah, once I got into the swing of things, it did pretty well. And I was a bit behind on editing podcasts and stuff, but I finished... I did like one on Wednesday and I did one between yesterday and today, so I'm kind of ahead of schedule again now, which is nice. Oh, sweet. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good weird. to work ahead of like, schedule in a way. Yeah. Because like, I do enjoy editing. It. It's like satisfying to do, but it's just sometimes daunting to start because it's like, oh, I have to listen to three hours of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it's it's like, that's the minimum you have to listen to. It's going to take a bit longer than that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I know what you mean. I can imagine that. It's the same thing with everything, isn't it? It's like so hard to start things sometimes, but then once you, like, sometimes it's only five, ten minutes. Once you get into it, like, you're just, you don't even notice the time go, if you enjoy doing it, like, but sometimes just the idea of starting it can be so daunting for some reason. Such a, yeah. It's such a common thing as well. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's starting stuff is, is the hardest part. Yeah. But uh, that actually reminded me, um, because I was saying to you, I found out that like there's a limit on uploading these of three hours. Oh yeah, that's right. But I was thinking we'll see how this one goes, because I think it might actually be good to, because we took two week break, we maybe it's better to do it once every two weeks, and then we can go for longer and then edit it into two parts. Yeah. Okay. That would work. Yeah. Because if we like, say, if we go for four hours. Then it could be two two hour parts or something. Yeah, or like as you were saying, if you do like the kind of movie review or the movie critique, possibly separate or with another topic as well. But like you know, yeah. But to see, I suppose that depends because like it depends on the movie because I guess it's, it's like a message. Well, it yet. doesn't like yeah, but just because we recorded separately, I can edit it together again. It doesn't really matter what you like. Yeah, so figure it out. But that might be a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do feel like. um you know, there's not much happening at the minute, so maybe a two-week break. It'll give us more time to fit stuff in to talk about. Yeah. So, and I feel like it makes it easier for me to try and get try and get shit done as well. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah, do that. And, and it makes it a bit more relaxed because, like, the last couple of times I've been having a timer going and it's like, oh, it's coming up on, like, two hours or two and a half hours. Like, we need to finish this up. Whereas, yeah. like, if we can just, like, do goes like go longer but then it becomes two it'll just make it take the pressure off us as we're doing it and stuff yeah we'll see, we'll we'll see how today goes. yeah so we'll give it as you said we're still, we're still kind of figuring out the formula if you yeah. know what i mean and it's not no harm in like trying to change it like and sure see what fits. Anyone, anyone listening can give us a shout what <laughs> what they think oh we got a got a nice review yesterday actually yeah what a friend of mine uh um, he was talking about it was something I was wondering about actually, because someone else mentioned this as well. They were listening to the AI episode, and she was like, "Oh, I haven't. I was a bit lost because I haven't seen AI." But she said she still enjoyed it. 
And yeah. then this was another friend. He said that um, I said I listened to the Brazil episode, and he said best compliment I can give is I've seen about eight films in my whole because I have the attention span of a child. <laughs> and I was mentioned. What is it? I have a attention span of a an ADHD goldfish. But I sat, the, I sat and listened to it and loved it, despite not really knowing eighty percent of what you're talking about. <laughs> that's a pretty good compliment, yeah. Because yeah. that's what I was wondering about. Is like, if people don't want to listen to these movies, are they going to get any enjoyment out of it? <laughs> but as but as you say, like maybe that'll hopefully convince people to go and watch the movie. Yeah, but uh, also if you like, we if anyone has been skipping the movie discussions, I noticed listening back, we a lot of tangents too so <laughs> there's that too it's like well we tend to we use like one wee bit from a movie and then just chat go off on a bit and then we're like oh yeah what were we talking about again <laughs> that's saying that if we sometimes we go off on a tangent and then we forget what we were talking about when it comes back to the movie yeah that's true or where what part of the movie we're talking about and the yeah. best example of that though granted i think was party down because i think that went to big pure like stoic discussion with you yeah we got a big discussion <laughs> I kind of knew that was going to happen with that one, though. That was fun, yeah. <laughs> that was good, yeah. Um, so have you been watching much? Or have you been too busy? Or... Um, it wasn't too bad this week. I kind of... I come home from late, so I couldn't sleep. So I... Obviously, I watched Rival. Seeing if I'm on... I'm on episode... I think of six, seven, eight of Devs left to watch. Uh, that's fantastic. That show is just great. Yeah. And I watched the animated Harley Quinn TV show. <laughs> Is that a um, new thing? Yeah, it came out last year. The first season's done. All right. Oh uh, yeah, it's enjoyable. I I liked it. I liked it. I liked it quite a lot. Like it's um, it's like it's all like pure like kind of parodies of the characters. Really, like a lot of them, like like a lot of the main characters, like Batman and Aquaman and stuff. But that's why it's so enjoyable. It's kind of like the way whenever Robot Chicken do it because there's it's from DC, like so it's obviously like they know the characters. They know exactly how to parody them. If you know what I mean. Oh, it's a you know, hmm? parody it's not really a parody but it is so it is following like harley quinn but like aquaman in it is pure over the top and like pure arrogant and loves himself and like is it kind of like in a deadpool like yeah detached way of doing it is that what it is or kind of yeah because harley quinn is sort of nigh well in the comics the kind of deadpool of dc yeah (laughs) i i I watched like a, a video talking about that um with the new harley quinn movie mm. and they were saying oh shit i wish i could remember the other there was like two things it was deadpool and oh damn it i can't remember the other character but it was saying that like it was drawn from these two styles of like movie but mm. it didn't really work is that birds of prey yeah yeah, it um, yeah, it didn't. It had a lot of great possibility, but it just really missed the mark. Um, I think there was a lot. They from the comics, man. To me, they kind of ruined a lot of characters that I really loved. Um, in, in the comics or in the cartoon or both? In no, sorry, the cartoon was great. In the movie, all oh, right. Sorry, in the movie. So in the movie, they kind of ruined a couple of characters with the way they changed them. I just didn't like it as as a comic book fan, if you know what I mean. It oh, just... that's what it was. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I <laughs> just, just got excited. Because <laughs> like one of the characters, Cassandra, Cassandra Kane in the movie, is just like a pickpocket, like street urchin is supposed to be, that like she takes under her wing, but in the comics, she's like a fucking 
she's bad girl for quite a long time and appear like great assassin with like a kind of upbringing of like a pure her father was like one of the deadliest martial artists in the world it's just kind of like that would have been a cooler character to be honest if you know what i mean mm. and just the way it was kind of done like but the worst thing about that movie you know sorry i'm kind of going on a tangent here but was no, i think right. i think black mask was just done so terribly and it wasn't even mcgregor's fault i don't think i think it was the writing he just wasn't like like black black mask is yeah to be like like his like every main villain you know every main superhero has like one main thing you know like batman's dark and booty superman's the boy scout but like literally black mask is the villain who's supposed to be best in the dc universe at torture (laughs) that's literally supposed to be like his best thing is he well he can torture yeah exactly and like he's a brutal torture and it just it just like it just was like toned down if you know what i mean it wasn't like it, yeah he, he, he wasn't scary that's what i'm trying to say he wasn't scary like he was yeah he was kind of flamboyant and that, and that can be good too and done in a scary way but it just wasn't yeah i think i think the video i've seen they had some good things to say about the what's his name again black mask yeah black mask yeah he i think they had some good things to say about him but yeah overall they said it was a failure as well yeah, like I just remember one scene is like he like a girl's laughing or something, and like it is pretty kind of terrible, you know. Like he makes her stand up on a table at his club and like cuts off her dress and makes her dance there in front of everyone to humiliate her. And I was like, and I was just thinking, it's like if this was the comics, he would like probably like stab her and then like but hold the knife there in front of everyone to make a point, and then like slowly like probably like lift it up her. Ch- Do you know what I mean? Like. It's it would it would have been really like but it would have been a really brutal gruesome murder if you do, do, do you know what I mean like yeah. just like to me I was like that's not like to me I was kind of like that's not what he'd do yeah as a character like even if they are team characters which can be fine it just wasn't wasn't he just wasn't terrifying he just wasn't <laughs> yeah but um the TV show I know I'd say definitely watch it's just good like all right it's enjoyable like the, it's it's funny like. It's 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 mature, like sort of cursing away, like mad in it, which is kind of interesting to see. Hmm. Do you remember there was a ah. Spider-Man cartoon that uh, used to play on like the Den that had cursing in it? <laughs> oh, that like... was the was that the the 3D CGI one? Can yeah, I... I think so. It was like Ultimate uh, Spider-Man or something like that. Ultimate Spider-Man. It was Neil Patrick Harris. Was Peter Parker? I think. Yeah, I remember like seeing it, like watching it when I was younger, and there was like this, all, like they said, like bastard or something. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. And then it, like they might have shown like three episodes all together, and then and then it just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Like there was only like one season. I think seen it a couple of times. I don't think they yeah, even they... got through the season. I think they just like realized that they'd been showing a cartoon <laughs> that wasn't for kids. kids yeah <laughs> yeah like oh shit nobody screamed this they just seen spider-man that's right because that was supposed to be like a dark and kind of darker kind of like more mature version like it was supposed to be yeah. kind of like teen more like teen drama kind of like maybe 15 year olds kind of thing <laughs> yeah that's right um, I found the video I was talking about. It's um, it's called uh, "Birds of Prey: The Imposter, Deadpool, Jack Sparrow." <laughs> so it's talking about how <laughs> the Harley Quinn character takes these elements of Jack Sparrow and Deadpool and mashes them together, but they just miss the mark in both ways. Yeah. It's a really good, really good video actually by a channel called Film Filmento. So Film F I L M E N T O, all one word. I've seen a couple That's... of videos recently, and uh, yeah, they're really, really good. Really good if you're into like writing and stuff, because that's kind of the main 
uh, aspect that he dealt with in the ones I watched anyway. Oh, that's interesting. Like, is it more like coming from like the kind of story perspective and how the lines yeah. are written rather than like, like how the characters written and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, like me, like I'm a massive comic book fan, but then DC as well. I mean, stay and there's a lot of well, DC or Image, but there's a lot of, like just when I go into a lot of those movies, like that's one of the things I love. And then same with Marvel movies, you get the reference, get the Easter eggs, but like you know, all comics are based on like there's a multiverse and there's so many. There's the main for like Earth Earth six one six in Marvel. It's like Earth two. I think in DC, pretty sure I can't remember now. Is it Earth Two or Earth One? It changes a lot, but there's like fifty-two multiverses in DC, and there's a lot of other ones in Earth, and they're all slightly different characters, but it's still great. But sometimes you see the movies, and you're like, "This is just no, <laughs> this is not right." Like, didn't they do was... a big reset in DC? Oh, they've done so many. So actually, when I got back in the comics, Flashpoint, Flashpoint was a reset, wasn't it? Yeah, that started the new Fifty-Two, but then the new Fifty-Two. Ended into Rebirth, which was another reset, like six years later. But that was like there's been multiple ones. Usually they're called Crises, but or crisis. oh yeah, Crisis on Infinite Earths and all that. Yeah, that's from 1985, and that was like a real like groundbreaking comic at the time because of the way that they did everything. Do you, that do, was... you watch... hmm? do you watch any of the CW DC shows? Watched first five seasons of Arrow. Um, I think the first season of the one where they travel through time and space. What are they called again? The Time Masters. Is the Time Masters in the comics? I can't remember. Oh, Legends of Tomorrow. What's the first season of that? Um, the first two seasons of The Flash, I think. Couldn't get into them that much. Although I kind of wanted to whenever they started doing the big massive crossover episode. Because it was yeah. really cool. Like, yeah, was... I've heard really good things about like the recent stuff they did. Uh, mm. didn't they cross they, they cross over like different flashes and stuff yeah they do it the like movie flash and then they did they they brought back the superman from superman from forever well, or what what was that su- 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 it's like superman is a superman forever yeah and there was also yeah. uh fucking smallville Kirk kent tom welling the superman from smallville makes an appearance oh, yeah. kept, Kevin Conroy, who's the, been the voice of Batman oh, yeah. for like 30 years, right. he, he appears live action as an older um, Batman from the Kingdom Come time. Yeah, it's a class. Like, yeah, that's like, all, that like, there, all that there stuff, I was like, that's class, but I don't want to bother watching this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder if there's like one season that you could watch and enjoy or anything, because it, it seems fun. Like, Yeah, it seems like it's interesting what to do with the fact they that they seem to be doing a better time. job than the movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, the because I know the CW, like, as it's called, it's called the Arrowverse because it started with Arrow. Obviously, oh, they, okay. um, they, um, what did they do? They like, yeah, it's incredibly popular. Like, yeah, and they have like Arrow's finished now. And I think the main one is Batwoman. That's supposed to be like the best one at the moment. And it's supposed to be very yeah. Good. Was but, um, um was Gotham part of that, or was that just a separate thing? That was separate altogether. Or yeah. if it is linked, I suppose it's probably before. I kind of fell out of. I think I only watched the first season or two of that. I just um. I never got into it. I remember it being popular for a while. Mm, I just, I, I had better hopes for it, I suppose, but... Yeah. I've I'll, actually, stick to, I'll stick to the comics. <laughs> it, doing this podcast has actually helped me kind of watch stuff more. Like, I was, yeah. watching, I was watching stuff last night, and I was like, it's for work. <laughs> it's okay. I'm allowed to. Yeah, but it's something like, that's okay. I feel like I pay more attention because I'm trying, you know, I mean, I, I'm trying to find stuff that I find interesting to then talk yeah. about. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying more to actually, like, 
either analyze the way the character is or the way the story develops or just thing I didn't pick up before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but even like that, I watched four episodes, the last four episodes of that um, Normal People last night. Oh yeah, I've heard, I've seen that's gotten great reviews. That's the Irish thing, isn't it? Yeah, just because I was like, oh, I need, I'm gonna finish this, <laughs> but yeah. it's like there's no guilt because like I need to do it. It's like I have yeah. to. So it's, it's nice. It's it's helped me get. I have I'm, I was wide bad for watching like TV series and stuff for a good while there, but yeah, um, yeah, that was actually really good. I really like really liked that. Yeah, I heard that. It's supposed to be like it's supposed to be very well acted and just very like well done. Yeah, it's um. Couldn't help notice that uh, that Irish show is made by Hulu and BBC, not RTE. Well, that's not surprising. <laughs> nah, I know. I don't know why I would expect RTE to make any quality television. They just um, they 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 kind of did they... for a while though, didn't they? Do like they did the Savage Eye and the Public Telly, didn't they? Yeah, but sure, they don't do anything anymore. No, but I mean, like, but that's they the just, only like they just that's take only care. two in the past twenty years. Like, <laughs> they just take uh, the house tax. So I mean, the TV license and give biased news, and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's like even the last season of uh, Young Offenders was made. I think it was made by the BBC or funded <laughs> by them or something. It was like there was some collaboration, probably because RT couldn't be bothered. Jesus Christ. Christ. Oh, pretty bad. Just, like they just put out shit. Like it's like they. I don't. It doesn't even make sense. I've. I was thinking about this recently. I'm. I'm. <laughs> mildly pissed off. <laughs> RT should be investing in like the up the future. Like it's gonna. RT is gonna die if it doesn't do this. Like you look at um, look at Channel Four, mm. and how they have shows like Eight Out of Ten Cats and stuff like that, where it's like you don't even. It's just you put a load of talent people in a room and you let them work away. You don't even have to be making amazing television. You just have to be making decent television. And yeah. you got to be letting up-and-coming comedians and writers chances or else in, like, maybe five years, there's going to be no one left to, to for there to be any television for on RD. Yeah, and also, they're like, just, you have to... Com- you have to deal with, what, Netflix now and Hulu and Apple TV and everything. And, like... Why the fuck would you? Why would you like pay for RT whenever you have such better quality programming and stuff? Yeah, but even like the BBC, at least it still makes quality television. Yeah, the like BBC even, still does really good. <laughs> good and stuff. there's amazing, like amazing comedies like Fleabag that came out of that. Was that BBC? I think it might have been. I must watch that. Actually, that's one I keep meaning to watch. And then you have people like Ashley and B who went to made it their an amazing TV show as well, but that's. English, it's, it's her in London. I don't know who put it out, but uh, mm. definitely not RT. Yeah, <laughs> and but it's yeah, like, why? It's just ridiculous, like, but like, you do, they should be ashamed, <laughs> but you definitely have talent here because it just goes Absolutely. to, this, this it just goes to, it goes to London, probably. Like, that's all. yeah, this show just shows you, like, it's mm. anyway, but that is, I'll stop giving out about RT and uh. <laughs> Ah, well, man, fuck RT, as uh, TPM say. <laughs> yeah, fuck RT. Um, anyway, normal people, really good. I was surprised, actually. Uh, I watched the first episode, and I was like, all right, I know back to see where this is going. Mm. But then after, like, maybe the second or third episode, I was like, oh, this is actually, there's a way, there's way more to this. Mm, just to really does it kind of set it up more like the typical like love story or something I'm imagining but then it just yeah it's like it starts off 
these two people get together and it's like, okay, it's like two people in love. Okay, am I going to watch 12 episodes of this, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I am. Yes, I, am. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's way more nuanced. There's a lot of like uh, repression and sort of like repression of emotions and maybe some um, like shame when it comes to like uh, sexuality and stuff like that all sort of tied in it's very Irish in that a lot mm. of the conflicts come from very relatable sort of things like of like not being able person not being able to express himself like properly and stuff and it just feels very real and very Irish and true and there's a lot of times where I was like oh man. like I, I could feel myself like so tense and just like uncomfortable because it was so I was like I've been there <laughs> yeah as you say just so relatable it's just but I suppose yeah. it's Irish space too so it's like genuinely yeah. is just probably most of our experiences in some way or something yeah it feels very true to the to like an, a specifically Irish story as well mm-hmm. and surprisingly um, it just doesn't involve priests for once that's what most like we Irish stories <laughs> Well, not the good ones. <laughs> and it's true, just like the cover-ups and everything. <laughs> so yeah, that was a nice surprise there. That's good. It must give it a watch. Yeah, I've seen like it's gotten stellar ratings everywhere. And yeah, it's, all... it's everywhere. That's the main reason I watched it, because I was just like, I'm just going to watch this so it doesn't get spoiled. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. I was just like, I resigned to watching this. And I was like, that's for it's for work. It's for work. Yeah. <laughs> Grant. For my job. Shut up, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> um I will say uh I did have that feeling towards the end where I was like, uh, the book's probably really good. Like probably better. But that's yeah. not like it's not really a bad thing. It just means that I like by the end I was I was like cared enough for the characters to want more. Cause I there's yeah, just you, so, you almost want to read the book because you want to know more of what I happens. Want, yeah, them. I want to. I want to hear all that uh, inner monologue that's going on and stuff. Yeah, like to be fair, there's a lot of like uh, really good, like just the camera will just go on their face and they'll have to act all that. I'm sure that was kind of what they were doing. They were probably acting whatever the inner monologue of their character in the book was doing. But mm. all that's really good. Like it does do a good way of uh, conveying all that but yeah i'll be checking the book out if i see it anywhere i'll give it a go oh that's good certainly really. you anything else um no um uh, 40 you pages left hmm? you mentioned devs but uh you said we hadn't finished it we could talk a wee bit about that yeah i've got three episodes left um really do want to watch it i was actually kind of hoping to try and get it done um today but then i got so i was trying to try and hopefully get it done for the podcast and i, I between shop and then getting some stuff sorted with those to get a chance but it's fucking great anyway yeah. i didn't really like it from the first episode but it gets an awful lot better and i'm just obviously you've seen all of it so you know the ending yeah. but just the way it's shot and you know like all the scenes with like the different versions of themselves and the different kind of possible yeah. realities or timelines and just it, the whole thing is just i think it's beautifully shot i think it's very well paced I it's think it's mad how like whenever I was watching, I was just like, we've talked about like, <laughs> if you've been enjoying all the like sci- science fiction or not even science fiction, but science theoretical sciencey stuff that we've been talking about in the last few episodes of this, 
then it's all in devs. It's kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, uh, like, I was just like, what? Like, we talked about all of this. And yeah, because that's what I thought was funny was the, when I said I watched the first episode and you hadn't, was you were chatting about, like, Free Will, that podcast. Yeah. And I just watched the first episode and I was like, I can't say it, like, but there's a yeah. big part of fucking, there's a big thing in devs of maybe we do, maybe we don't, like. Yeah. Um, but he's Nick Offerman in it. It's so good. And yeah. Like he, he, I just really, because, well, for what I know so far, and so like obviously that he is a security guard. Oh, there's probably gonna be spoilers in this. I suppose I should. Yeah, well, I think we should try and leave out spoilers until you've finished. Until okay, you've well, finished it. just give it, like we can give a general how how we uh, feel. I about just, it. that's good. I just probably want to say that I just think Nick Offerman, even though his character should be probably seen that in the best light, I don't ever really see him so far. So much as that, and his motivations seem for what he's doing seem so. Yeah, you get a lot of uh, the, um, a lot of his humanity. Yeah, it's just, but it's done done very well, and I did. Um, <laughs> one thing I'll admit is you know that episode where the her ex boyfriend like cleans up the flat and then he closes the door and the shelf falls. Yeah. Fucking really laughed at that. I just really, yeah. I don't know. That was just very well done. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like out of place with the show, but it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, I'll leave it alone until we've until I'm three episodes later. Yeah, yeah. We we've kind of been talking a little. We've mentioned it, I think, a little bit in it, nearly every episode. Yeah. Of this, but uh, now that um, like we, I'll definitely say rec- I recommend it. Like and like I said, if you've enjoyed the kind of mad stuff we've been talking about, it, it brings it all together in a really amazing way in that show, and yeah, mm. it's class. And I was also going to say that like whenever we finish, um, because we're kind of doing Denis Villeneuve films, yeah, I was going to say that maybe afterwards we could do Alex Garland and then like just compare both those people. And <laughs> mm. um, also, because did you know Alex Garland? His movies then would also include The Beach. Right, you're known as Leo Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, that's based on a that's based on a book he wrote. Yeah, because I haven't seen that, so maybe turned off as a novel to watch it. Oh, really? That's a good one to watch. Yeah, he wrote it. Apparently, it's about some of his experiences traveling through Asia. Cool, but that's further down the pipeline because Denis has a lot of films to go through. I think. Well, maybe we can take a. I know we talked about doing like the Canadian ones, but maybe we could. We'll do them at a later date. Yeah, we could take a break when we get the Hollywood See. ones done. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Um, so anyway, I think that's it for me. Um, Were you going to say something about a book or something there before we got into that? Oh, yeah, I suppose I can't really say much about it yet. I'm almost finished the Philip K. Dick book, but I suppose I'll probably just talk about that when I finish it. Only 40 pages left. Okay. Yeah, you'll probably edit out everything I just said there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a couple of things that I think I can tie together a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I might end up on a bit of a tangent, but sure. That's what we love. That's what we do. That's what we <laughs> like here on What Are We At? We love tangents and movies. That, and that is what we are at. <laughs> tangents. And movie tangents and tangents about movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched a bit more of Midnight Gospel. Oh, yeah. You probably have that all finished by now, do you? No, actually, no. <laughs> only three episodes or four episodes in. Oh, I, well, I've watched, I've watched three episodes now. 
Oh, sweet. Did you get onto the one about death and all? Yeah, that was the second episode. I remember you talking about it last Yeah. Time. And then what was the third episode again? Third one was uh, the, the the magician <laughs> or the guy that was like practices magic. Oh, I'm pretty sure yeah, I've seen that one. Fishbowl head and he's got cats. Oh, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's just the second one stuck out so much more for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Like, and I noticed um, in both, there was like stuff in both episodes that like, um, I was telling you, I, re- I was reading Comedy Sex God by Pete Holmes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I finished that there, was it during, during this week, yeah. And uh, yeah, weirdly, there's a couple of things like related. And there's another like bigger thing that I'm, I want to go on to as well that I've been like thinking about, I want to talk about for a while. I did a, wrote about it in a journal and stuff. Oh, but yeah, um, in the second episode, the person Duncan's talking to is, I uh, mentioned Ranchin's Ramdas. I think it's the, the male voice. Okay. And uh, he's like this, um, I learned about, I knew about him from Pete Holmes anyway, um, but I learned some really interesting stuff from reading the book. And he was like um, this professor at Harvard, I think. And uh, they started like getting really into psychedelics. Mm. And he like um, did a trial on loads of students and then got kicked out of the university. <laughs> and it was him and, oh, what's that name? Timothy something. He's like the most dangerous man in America. I think was it Reagan called him that? Um, I don't know people listening will probably know who I'm talking about. But anyway, they they did this together anyway. Um, and uh, so after he got kicked, they got kicked out. They decided to just like keep looking into it themselves and taking loads of psychedelics. Like, yeah, acid and everything. And then they got into this. They started like. Um. They were like, oh, the the feeling of like taking psychedelics where they would, um, um, sorry, where they like have this, uh, like experience of like oneness with everything and like all that there. And like mm-hmm. they started feeling like, oh, they needed to, um, they wanted, it's like they, they'd always come down back to earth and they were like, oh, there must be like a something else to this feeling or whatever. And um, yeah, the reason I wanted to, just, the other reason I wanted to talk about it along with the Midnight Gospel thing, because there's a pit where um, P. Holmes finds out about Ramdas through Duncan Trussell. Mm-hmm. And I think like those two episodes of the Midnight Gospel um, are a really good example of what Duncan Trussell is about. Like in that second episode, he's talking to like a Christian woman. Like mm-hmm. he says, like, like he, there's a part where he mentions something about all, like the, how useful it is to have like to be able to blame something on Satan. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, there's like this, this feeling we have. We actually talked about it in the last episode uh, when we were talking about, um, you know, if you like people are wary to like get help or something, if they're creative, because they feel that that will, um, it oh, might yeah, ruin it, their it, creativity. Yeah. It's like the, the, the drink is what makes you creative when it's yeah. yourself or stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, in that episode of Midnight Gospel, Duncan's saying that um yeah, like if that that Satan, if anything, is like this idea that if you like you might lose the thing that makes you happiest in the world. And I thought that yeah. was really interesting. And then like in the second episode, he's talking to a guy who practices magic. But the thing with Duncan that's what Duncan does, like he just like 
looks at all the religions and spiritual things and all that there and just goes, I'll take a bit of that and a bit of that. And like, yeah, just no. like, I'll, t- I'll, take, I'll take what I like. Yeah, I'll take what yeah, I like. He doesn't, look, he doesn't look at any of them with like, um, like judgment or anything. He's just like, ah, yeah, I can see it. Like, even in that witchcraft one, there, I can't remember what it was now, but there's a couple of parts where he's like, oh, yeah, that's a really nice way to look at things or whatever. Like, and, hmm. oh, yeah, I remember that though now. Yeah. Yeah, when that's, that's a good that's a good way to do it, I suppose. That's gonna form your own outlook on it. Yeah, it's really nice. Like he's just like it's he's just like it's all legit. It's all equally legit. It yeah. all has it all has things and he just wants to take it all. <laughs> but like by the way make... you're making it signed and it says probably true, but I've only obviously you know more about Duncan Trust than I do, but it sounds like he's like, right, I'm gonna take what I like. And there's probably bad stuff in there too, but it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna ignore that. I'm just gonna yeah, he's like, just, like, just like, he's that. just kind of. Why do I need that in my life? Yeah, like to describe it in the book is he just like takes all. He just takes the wee bits that can help him on his journey. And yeah, I think that's really nice. Like, that's a nice way to do it. Yeah, I think even watching just... that third episode, I was kind of like magic, really. But st- st- there were still moments, thanks to Duncan, that I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can kind of see. Yeah, it's like you can. Oh, I can see it from his point of view, you know. Because yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I I was kind of like that too. I was like. You know, you're almost kind of like, well, I give this episode a miss, but do not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, when Pete went to uh, Duncan Trussell's house, there was this um, picture that he had on the wall of this guy. It turned out to be the Maharaji, which Mm. is this... um, There's an idea of... um, In Buddha, the the translation of Buddha is like the one who woke up. Mm. And there's this idea that like all the kind of spiritual leaders throughout history are is that's what they were. They were people who were like awake and enlightened. So like yeah. Christ would have been one, Buddha was one, yeah. and Maharaji is one or was one. I think he's since passed on. So um like Ramdas uh found out about this or sorry, he didn't find out about Maharaji first, but he found out that like in Asian and Indian cultures that when the they were meditating, what they were do, experiencing was similar to what he was experiencing from psychedelics, was this feeling of like uh just removal of the ego and the self and self and like becoming like one with everything. Mm. So he went to India and started like seeking out all these like uh monks and everything and he would give them acid. And some of them were like, ah, eh, not for me. And some of them were like, that's great. And some yeah. of them were like, ah, it's pretty good, but I actually prefer meditating. And yeah. there's a thing, I wish I could remember this, the details of this, but there's like a, a pleasure scale that someone made. And it's like mm. out of 10. And it's like, I think sex is like around three somewhere. But uh, psychedelics are like a 9.9. But then <sighs> meditation is a 10. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah so, like, so it's, it's like, only if you can meditate properly, that's the ultimate, like, uh, thing. Mm. So, anyway, he, Ramdas eventually, it wasn't called Ramdas, the stage is called, like, Richard something, but anyway. Yeah. This was, he was still just exploring all this. Um, so, anyway, he found this monk, and the guy, this monk was like, I know who you have to meet, and he took him up to meet this guy who, this monk, he was just sitting there, and he like had this really weird experience where the guy was like able to tell him things about himself that he like I think he mentioned something about his mom and all and he's like, Okay, this guy seems to be clued into some other things. So he offered him some psych some of the acid mm-hmm. and he held out his hand 
he should have given him one or whatever, but he, he just opened his palm. It had like five hits of acid or something in it. And Maharaji just grabbed him and ate them all. <laughs> and Ram Dass was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I've just killed this guy. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no, he doesn't know what he's in for. Like. <laughs> but do you know what actually happened? Like, Ram Dass was sitting there waiting for this guy to just start drooling, lying his back, like, lose his mind. But what actually happened was absolutely nothing. And so it's like he was just—he's just been living that state constantly. Yeah, this guy was already there. Yeah. I like Roundass described it, and it was like they would just be sitting chatting, and then every so often, like he would see the Maharaji just give him a wee look, just be like, "I know it's crazy, right?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so Roundass or the guy—he said he told Roundass not to tell anyone when he went back to went back home anyway. But Ram turns out, I think he gave—I think he gave Roundass his name then, which means. Ram is Hindu, maybe, or Sanskrit, skirt, maybe. Mm-hmm. Is it Sanskrit? Sanskrit for Sanskrit. 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 It's like the ancient uh, language. Yeah, no, yeah, they mention it in Arrival once. Oh it's yeah, that's Sanskrit. that's right. They mm. do. Yeah, sans. It's either Sanskrit or Hindu. I can't remember, but it, uh, Ram means God, so Ram Das means servant of God. So okay. he goes back to America anyway, and even though Ma- Maharaj tells him not to tell anyone about him but he bloody can't help himself <laughs> <laughs> so he starts spreading the the word of uh maharaji and everything and um yeah that's who ramdas is or was he actually died there like at the end of uh, 2019 i think it was oh what sounds really interesting it's like a really interesting person. i've never heard of him before that's why i look him up to see what the crack is yeah it's mad like uh th- that that um Pete Holmes' book was really interesting. I actually got a lot out of it. But, like, his whole thing was he grew up in, like, a really religious upbringing and then lost his religion. He became, like, fully atheist. Was I talking to you about this in the last episode? I don't um, think I was, actually. I don't remember yeah, hearing it. I don't think so. His kind of journey in the book. Like, he, at some point, he lost his religion and uh, just became like a pure atheist and there's funny because he actually had trouble like you know that sort of argument people raise to like atheists or whatever it's like well if you don't believe in god why do you not just murder steal and stuff yeah it's like morals like yeah it's it's not it's like that uh in um afterlife uh someone asks ricky gervais character it's like well why do you why don't you just go around you can just go around murdering as much as you want and Ricky's like, well, uh, yeah, I already do murder as much as I want, which is none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but he actually did have that feeling. It's like uh, he was in a hotel with a couple of other comedians who were atheists because that's what you, that's what, how being a comedian works <laughs> most, most of the time. But uh, he remembers like he looked at like the a snack tray or, a, or something and it was like, oh, I could just take that bar of chocolate. And yeah. they were like, you're like, yeah, we well, could, but you shouldn't. And he was like, yeah, but why? Like, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to go to hell. And it's like, yeah, well, if you do, then, you know, that that woman who owns the thing, she's going to come back and she's going to be short money and she could get fired. It's like the reason we do good is because there's no one looking down on us. So we look out for each other. And he was like, oh shit <laughs> like he actually had to have it explained to him i just thought it was really interesting like yeah that kind of perspective yeah but then he also said that it, like weirdly when he stopped believing in 
a Christ. He felt more Christ-like because he wasn't like going around telling people like the weird thing. Like he had, like he was told in like by his church or whatever that he should. Uh, he had to save everybody. Like he had to tell them, warn them that they were going to go to hell and stuff. Or, yeah, so like he had, he, he had he had to try and save their soul essentially by pointing out to them that they're sinning, pretty much. Yeah, it's like, well, actually, you are the you're the wrong Christianity, actually. So you're going to hell too. It's like so, like stuff like that. It's like yeah, yeah. That, 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 so that went away from being in his head. Then when he when he didn't believe anymore, and he could actually just like see people for what they were, and not have to have this constant narrative going in his head all the time. I suppose he would. He wouldn't have to be like. He's coming from a place of trying to be righteous whenever he's saying stuff like that. Then, well, that's how he was like. That's how he was taught by youth pastors and everything. Like, oh yeah, he, of course. Like, he actually con- he could, like he was deep in. Like he 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 considered being a youth pastor and everything. He went to he went to a, a Christian college, like a third level college, <laughs> and oh, everything, wow. which is mad. <laughs> yeah, like just like the whole fucking like like both feet in, like just full. Yeah. Jesus. He also um, married his like first, first proper girlfriend. I think because like they had. I honestly was... thought you. I honestly thought you were gonna say first cousin there. <laughs> 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 I don't know. It's just like, kind of like it an assumption. Like... Had, yeah, it was the the girl that he had a first his first like sexual encounter with, or first yeah. like like in Christian they all like do like um, dry humping and shit like that. But I think she was the first one to touch his um his mini Pete. Oh, so right. uh so his then pee-pee. they just had to they just had to get married. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh. she cheated on him and then uh, that's like what sort of changed everything. But um <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that would be because it'd be kinda of like your whole life crash. He's like, I've lived a good life and I do everything God yeah. wants. And he was like, I did everything for God and now this happened. So he was kind of just like, All right, that's bullshit. Disillusioned, yeah. Yeah. Which and the first sense. time the first time he like had a a big spiritual awakening again after that was from taking mushrooms there's a really nice chapter in the book where he just talks about a mushroom trip and it's 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 lovely <laughs> so it sounds but like that, he just went like from one end to the other kind of and then well, went I think that's kind of the, in the middle <laughs> well that's what i really like i think like i can really relate to i think a lot of especially irish people can relate to that too it's like we're we're a lot of us are brought up with religion being such a huge part mm. And then at some point we kind of go, you know what, this is bullshit. But I think when it's like it's you're brought up with it being such an integral part, that it there's something it leaves something oh, man, residual I that I, you have like I I, I I didn't miss a week of mass until I was seventeen years old. Yeah, I used to pray every morning and every night till I was about fifteen. Like not even joking, I was very yeah, I religious. To, I used to be so religious as well. And I'm just not at all anymore. And I think that there's why I don't classify myself as an atheist, but an agnostic. Possibly even out of respect for like my parents, because they believe. But yeah. I just, but I can't follow an organized religion anyway. And I do like Donkey yeah. Sauce's idea, because I kind of like that myself. Is I kind of just try and take things that I like or I want. Well, that's that's why I like Pete Holmes so much. Like he describes himself as like a Christ-leaning spiritualist, Ooh. which is like he still likes the the stuff you can learn from christ and everything which well, i really at, like too at the end of the day like the bible this thing called christian apologetics i may have mentioned before but they're like they try and put the bible in the terms of like it's common sense for the time and it's the way of like 
the way of almost population control. And so, but like back in the day, the Bible was not um, in the vernacular. It was not in common language. It was usually written in Latin. And only learned people knew Latin. That was a priest, and they would essentially tell you what to do. But one of yeah. the main th- things that like I heard them say, and it makes sense, is like the whole thing, like no sex before marriage. That makes sense, like 2,000 yeah. years ago. Whenever you have STI still, oh, whenever control. you... <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's called birth control, but it also means that if it's like, right, so it's like this, no sex for marriage, you sex for marriage, you go to the worst place of marriage, where you burn in hell for eternity. But then if you get married, you're also allowed to get divorced at this point. So it also means that you have to kind of stay with one person, and that means you only have kids with the one person. That's essentially the population control. Doesn't make sense now, because we have both birth control and cures for STIs, and, you know, preventative measures yeah. and all that. You know what I mean? So it's like, but it makes sense. 2000 years ago but obviously there's a lot of like really bad stuff in the bible about slaves and stuff too but like that all makes sense at the time <laughs> it's not okay but it made sense at the time but, but yeah there, but I, well i also really like the big jc uh joseph campbell that is his uh his take on like um religion and everything he's um like his kind of religion quote-unquote is uh mythology where he he looks at all the religions and says that they're all real and the you just have to read into the stories and you can get much more out of it. Yeah. Like one there's... of the like like there's this whole thing he talked about God as a metaphor and there's like a there's like a famous kind of uh row that he got in with um some I think it was like some maybe on a radio interview or something, and he was like, well, God's a metaphor. And the guy was like, so you're saying God's not real? And it's like, no, I'm saying he's a metaphor. And like, he kept going on for a while, and it's like, then it, eventually Joseph Campbell was like, do you know what a metaphor is? And it's like, uh, the man ran like a deer. It's like, no, a metaphor is the man was a deer. <laughs> That's a very good response. <laughs> yeah. And uh, actually, a really nice one was um, the um stage manager i think for acdc um his description of god is like god is the blanket we throw over the metaphor to give it shape barry taylor is his name oh right he's like um <laughs> kind of funny it's a stage banner acdc yeah he's kind of beca- got famous on his own for being like a just a really kind of wise spiritual guy in like the kind of rock Seen and all like yeah, just kind of one of those. Well, I suppose he's ACDC, so he's kind of like he's been around a long time, probably seen yeah, and done a lot of things. I don't know. I, I I must find out how like someone must have just had a really interesting conversation with him one day, and then like <laughs> yeah, this guy, to get it's like this guy knows the crack. <laughs> yeah. He's been around the block. I was gonna say actually, I do have a kind of funny story. Um, I can't remember all the details, but they kind of related to the Bible. But I know, you know, obviously it was Moses that made the Ten Commandments, wasn't it? And he went up to the top of a mountain and mm-hmm. then he came back down after like 10 days with the Ten Commandments or the Ten yeah. Words of God. So I can't remember the name of the mountain or exactly where it is, probably like Jerusalem or something like that. But that mountain is, is a real mountain. It's a real place that yeah. existed all them years ago. And apparently it's actually known to naturally grow some some of uh, the most naturally powerful hallucinogenic mushrooms in the world. And that used to actually be a real thing back in the day. Like even like Irish druids used to like fast for two to three weeks on water yeah. and then eat like 1500 mushrooms around Ireland at a time and then go and they said that's how they talk to spirits and stuff. And they did stuff like this all over the world. Yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, it's a common, 
thing. Well, most people, it's like a pretty big, or I think it's a pretty common consensus that most religious and things come from some kind of um, psychedelic. But the thing that I was reading, which pointed this out, was very funny. So, but essentially, so whether whether his name was Moses or not, is probably at some point, some way, shape, or form, there was a man that went to the top of a mountain, more than likely consumed an awful lot of very powerful hallucinogenic mushrooms, and went back down the mountain and came back down with, honestly, you have to admit, ten of the pretty most morally sound rules to live by. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't cheat. Don't steal. Don't. Uh, don't cheat, don't steal, don't cheat in your uh, don't cheat in your wife, don't commit adultery, don't praise false gods, I can't remember, don't murder, you know what I mean? Like it's all pretty yeah. no matter what you say about religion and or Christianity or anything, but you have to admit like the Ten Commandments are pretty they are pretty solid rules to live by, in yeah. all fairness. <laughs> like you can't you can't admit that. Don't lie to people, don't steal from people, don't kill people. Okay, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> that's that's pretty yeah, I don't do any of that. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah. That's, that's the bare minimum, really. <laughs> that's probably, I think it was just some guy who was like, these people are not listening to me. I'm going to go tell them God came up with these rules. And he was like, right, what? what's the 10 rules that they can't argue with? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, them sound like, rules. We all know that we don't like any of this. Like, it makes us feel bad. It makes other people feel bad. Because yeah. um, I, I always like that idea because um, I was like, Jesus Christ. Because like, for quite a long time, like to me, anyway, there's a, there's like, Either Jesus Christ was a single person and he did do that. The whole idea of bringing Christianity was just kind of, as you say, some guy who was like possibly a person who spiritually woke. Or it could just be the combination of stories of multiple people. But well, it became one person, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. But um, there's also an idea that like the you're not supposed to, like that's another Joseph Campbell thing where it's like you're not supposed to take the Bible just as at face value. Like, no. even the way Jesus Jesus told parables. Mm. It's all but metaphors. He, he also, it's all is it, he also, yeah, he told stories to get messages across, but also that's how you're supposed to take his stories. You're not supposed mm. to just go, Jesus made loads of fishes and loaves. No, but like what I you're mean by to that go, is... What is, does that mean? But what, I th- what I'm saying is like, I'd say that there was, I imagine there was possibly a real person or a number of people who inspired these stories and made yeah. them for do you know what I mean? There was one guy essentially going around saying, everyone be nice to each other, you know, be kind, treat your neighbors, you treat yourself, sort of essentially. And then these stories were created around him as a kind of mythology almost, but like, which of course is the basis of the religion. But I just say, like, I feel like I imagine anyway, it probably came from at least one person or, but like these stories, as you say, it's not like he actually made like a hundred fish or anything like that. I feel like that's, he just, taught people to share and then it got way yeah, exaggerated. Like you're, <laughs> what you're like apparently the the or maybe not the correct story but what you're supposed to entire from that is that the people like when people the, the dish was getting f- shared around and some people were like oh i've got fish in my pocket i'll add that to the thing so mm. people whenever presented with this chance to take food if they didn't need it they gave food yeah like, if they if it was possible for them they, it was it, well, yeah, I know what you mean because like that's showing, I, that's that showing that you're helping out everyone in society essentially. Yeah, you're helping out everyone. You're helping out like, everyone have the meal. It's actually a fun thing to do sometimes, where you like, it's like you like I I do it sometimes, where I just like think of like, like one got stuck. One I was thinking about for some reason, it just came into my head. It was like the do unto others as you uh, do unto your. What is it again? 
uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself, something like yeah. that. So, like, you can take that at face value and say, it was like, oh, well, I shouldn't be mean because I don't want them to be mean to me. Mm. Or you can read into that a little bit more and say that, like, well, don't be horrible to someone because you're literally doing it to yourself. If you put mm. whatever energy you put out into the world is what you receive. I think yeah. you can read out of that too. It's like if you are putting out love, then you will get love. And if you put out hate, you'll get hate. Like that's yeah. a pretty common um, idea. Like, uh, mm, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not a new idea either. It's pretty... Like that's, that's something that's been reiterated in loads of different ways. Uh, Walt mm. Whitman had a quote about that as well, I think. But yeah, it was just that that was one that got stuck in my head, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I can look into that a wee bit more. Mm. Then I was wondering about the um the wedding feast of Cana. That was the water and the wine one. Yeah, what's that one about? Like, the there's one. a quote in that where it's like the the fa- they like everyone was like, why did you say the best wine for the end? Because that's what happens. It's like a water and wine but i was like um, did he turn like what what's the actual story there mm. there's another layer is it that you know you don't need all the wine because everyone's celebrating with each other yeah is it that is, the, is, real, it like... is, the, is french is, is the real wine the friends we made along the way yeah. <laughs> is it is it because never if you do have some good stuff you do keep it until the end of the night anyway and it's only the truly close people beside you like or i don't know it's pretty interesting, but like I do kind of, I do not like sometimes though that a lot of people would disregard the idea of anything to be learned from religion. It's not even that you have to be religious, but like there's a lot of stuff like anything in the Bible. Obviously, I can only really talk mostly about Christianity. Although my dad yeah. did talk about did talk about Buddhism a good bit whenever I was growing up too. Like that's all about inner peace, and like his favorite book is in the Art of Motor- like Motorcycle Maintenance, which I must read. But oh, yeah. um, it's like just all about inner peace and being like nice and kind people it's like there is still a lot to take from it like at the end of the day as you said we both grew up in incredibly religious ways and i would say that like in some way i'm sure i would have probably been taught sort of morals i suppose we probably would have learned them just kind of through religion that's just the way it happens yeah. but there's it's not like even though i'm not religious anymore it's not like i wouldn't take some of that stuff on it's like yeah i should definitely be like nice to people i should definitely understand that like you know i still understand morals of like doing right and wrong and i also understand of like you know if I'm mean to someone and they're mean back, well, duh. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck do you expect? Like, and just how to treat people and how to act. So there is like, despite everything, probably I will have to admit that religion did teach me some of that. Yeah, I so th- like that's... so. There's not. It's not that there's nothing to be learned. Like, no, I, I don't think, don't think that's the case either. Yeah, like you're not going to learn anything if you don't think there's anything to be learned. But if you are, if you can open yourself up a little bit and be like, oh, there's probably still some good stuff in there. Mm. Yeah, but also like it's even like not even necessarily the good stuff. It's also recognizing the bad stuff. Like yeah. I, I was always very lucky that like my parents never growing up. Like, as I remember, like one of my older sister's friends came out gay whenever she was quite young, and this is you know this is about twenty years ago. Something like that. it wasn't really the end thing in Ireland. Like, yeah, trying to criminalize them before I was born. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh like I remember saying to my mum, and I remember, I do remember like this, but like like what does gay mean? She was like, you know, you like girls. I was like, yes. It's like, oh well, these this is a girl that likes girls the same way you like girls. It's like that makes a lot of sense. It's like no, I was very religious as a kid, and I was like, does that mean she'll go to hell? And my mum always said no. Yeah. And she was like, oh no, she's she all my mum always said if she's a good person, she'll go to heaven. 
and also the same about like 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 anyone of a different religion she was like no no if they're a good person they'll go where they you know deserve to go and all this stuff and that was all it was which is but my mom and my dad are quite religious but yet they're going against a pretty big tenant even like 20 years ago yeah there's been there's some radical catholics yeah exactly it's like it's so weird like you know they won't they won't miss this they won't miss a fucking week of mass ever but it's like yeah no i'll 100 go against the book that they're reading from because it's wrong do you know that kind of way like there's also that kind of way there's also i don't think there's anything in the book that says that gay people are going to have hell is there no, there's apparently something against them. There's something. There's a, a man with another man. A man who lies with another man shall be stoned. Is that it's, the well? It's, there's it's the, something like that. It could be. The, I'm probably so, paraphrasing terribly. There's the, there's the thing that always gets quoted, which is the Sodom and Gomorrah thing, mm. but that's actually about men with young boys. <laughs> that always gets quoted as being like anti-gay, but that's not what that's about at all. So it's about pedophilia, which then is really yeah. for the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, hmm, misinterpreting this a wee bit. Uh, so I don't know if that's where that quote that you said is from, but it could be because I, yeah, I, I, am, I imagine it probably is because I think it's like one section. But like, yeah, I'm pretty that, sure there's, that's, there's. That's always like the the one that the people hold up, but it's like that's not what it's about. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's about exactly. a really insidious, specific thing that was happening. Yeah, which happened for hundreds of years. Mm. It still happens now, but not as bad, obviously. Um. But yeah, no, like, cause I always remember that there going up and that there's really, like, I think that's a start thing because, like, there's a lot of like, good things to learn in religion. It's also, like, a lot of stuff you have to, because sometimes you can learn a lot more with being critical or um, thinking something's wrong, if you know what I mean, because it forces you to think about it. Something yeah. that you might not necessarily think about. It's like, no, wait, that's wrong. But that's, and I know that's wrong, that's, and this is why it's wrong. <laughs> that's the kind of thing about, like, that's one of the things that Pete Holmes came up against a lot, too, where it's like, there, a lot of times there is no room to question anything. Mm. it's just you're like, brought up and whenever you're brought up like also he was brought up he was, i'm assuming he was brought up like almost militaristic like religion. yeah he was um I, I can't i always forget the specific um religion but i think it was like i feel like if uh, evangelical is going to be in it because that's like yeah, any anytime I, I think of something like that's like i don't think it was born again but i think it was something like that evangelical christian or mm-hmm. something yeah but yeah it's nice to go back to those things uh if you've like if you're brought up with them, I think, and just kind of yeah, and like look at them make with, peace a little bit. Look at them with adult eyes, or like you're kind of you know yeah. A kid, when you kid, you don't know much. Like you don't know anything. When you're a teenager, you think you do, and you still don't. Yeah. And now that I'm in my twenties, I know that in ten years I'll be like, boy, I was an idiot. <laughs> yeah, like it just like like Pete Holmes has really helped me just kind of be like, ah, you know, some of that stuff. Like just just to make peace a little bit. Yeah, but like one of your teenager, still, like I feel like I'm still carrying around some kind of. Res- like Catholic guilt. <laughs> yeah not maybe not even that but it's like because it was such a big part of my childhood and then just rejecting it completely and never like resolving it and now it feels more resolved mm. like because i know i made peace with a lot of that stuff like for, like because i can uh after school and like it was, it was you know as you said you were too very religious and then like you kind of got over it and i made peace with it i suppose when i was like 21 22 and I remember it because i was like like if there is one I was like, I don't, like, I'm not saying I'm, like, a great or an overwhelmingly good person, but I don't consider myself, I've definitely done bad things, but I'm not necessarily a bad person, or I do mean best, and I do try to be good. Yeah. So, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So, if there is a God, I don't see why 
they would see anything wrong with that. Yeah. Because the one thing I always remember from the Bible is like, you know, like we are made in like God's image or like, you know, he gave us, he created man and all that. And I was like, well, then if he technically, if we're made in his image, then we're somewhat his offspring or part of him. And we're like, you know, it's, you know, if you know what I mean? So if you were to meet him, it's somewhat like a creator of sorts. So I don't understand how, how do I put this? I don't understand, like, if I'm made in his image, then if I'm, and I feel like I'm not doing anything, if I'm not really a bad person, then I must be somewhat doing it right. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> but well, that's only, it's, that's coming from a very religious aspect, but on the other side, I'm like, if there is nothing, well, like, still don't be a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. It's just, is it that simple? I think it makes it, it makes it more important, I think, if there isn't, because it's like, and even if there isn't, like, that's one of the things I like about Joseph Campbell as well. He has this thing about, um, when you think about the, actually, just before I go into this, Joseph Campbell is great for just making this, like, he was the kind of breakthrough where I was like, ah, oh, just all, it was the first time religion made sense in ages. Because the yeah. way, like, the, like I said, it's like, he thinks, he basically thinks they're all real, which makes more sense. Because if you're religious, that means you think that the one that you like, that one that you're part of is right. And mm. So if there's a hundred religions, you're right and ninety nine are wrong. Well, yeah. if that's the case, why wouldn't a hundred be wrong? Where he yeah. just says a uh, hundred of them are all right, like they're all correct. Yeah, we just maybe don't interpret it all entirely correctly, but they are all there. Yeah, which is a nice. It's, all just, it's all just a story. Like these, these are these are all just metaphors and stories that people in different cultures have passed down to help teach each other how to live and how to get the most out of life and the world around them but anyway when he talked about uh eternal life he says that we're this is we're like eternal life doesn't start when we die this is it we're already in it mm. and he was he's like well when we go to heaven i know he sure we'll just be sitting around in awe at what at god whatever that is so like this is when you should be there's no point in wishing that you're for a better life after because this is you're already in it now jerry uh, like, i get what you mean yeah it's just because like if there is a heaven i suppose as you say you go up to the awe of god it's like you don't gates. you don't you don't live and then die and then enter eternal life this is you're already in eternal life this is part of the eternal life <laughs> <laughs> and that's it and that's, yeah. that's a nice that's a nice way to put it yeah mm. there's a nice thing that like pete Holmes says too it's like uh it's like, uh, where were you during the, the Renaissance? <laughs> it's like when people, it's like a kind of answer to like, uh, what happens when you die? It's like, well, what, where were you during the Renaissance? Mm. It's the same, same question, kind of. It's like, well. It's the same question. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of shows how, how mean, yet. <laughs> it's not that the question is meaningless, but it's just that it's like unanswerable, I suppose. Yeah. Which is kind of, yeah. There's cause... no point in worrying about it. Hmm. It's like I there's was a point dead. to worry about, but there's a lot of point in thinking about it. Definitely, I feel. Oh yeah, I think so too. Mm. Because it's very interesting. Because I know I was kind of obsessed with that stuff when I was like particularly teenage and stuff, and like what happens today. Actually, that was a big part. Uh, of, like I was, that was always a big part. So obsessed with that idea. I want that must have been because like I always wondered about that, and then because obviously, as you're saying, it's like both of us coming out of like being so religious as well, because it's really hard whenever you're brought up it's so religious and there is an afterlife and this is the afterlife and this is what it is to then try and imagine something else or nothing yeah. because that's well, I remember always even, been I remember even when I was religious I was always just like had this 
obsession with like what happens afterwards and all. It's not. Yeah. It's a, I feel like it's a really weird thing for a child to worry about. Yeah, I feel like that too. But I remember, like, even like whenever, like, I, like I would say I thought about it a lot whenever I was like five, from five onwards, and then when I was a yeah. teenager, I really delved in, or like from about twelve onwards, I was like really started delving in into like what it could be and like what it means. And like I don't know why, like you guys would never sleep when I was a teenager, and I used to stay awake at night, like Same. wondering about this, like <laughs> wondering about like what happens when we die. Like, I suppose all, all my grandparents supposed died by the time I was like fourteen. So there'd been a lot of funerals too, <laughs> and like uncles and stuff. Mm, like, not maybe, yeah. I always wondered yeah. about that too. I wonder was that part of it because I would have lost all my grandparents, and like I had, I was thinking about like my mum there during the week mm. i was thinking about she, like her, her dad died when she was quite young like i never met him yeah and i'm wondering if if she if like that gave her like an anxiety about it which she passed on to me yeah well i suppose like my mom my mom's mom so my paternal maternal grandmother died when i was three so like mm. i technically met her but like, oh, not even three. I think it might have been like two and a half. So, you know what I mean? I couldn't even physically form memories. And I always wondered about that. I never thought about that. Because I always think, like, this is, um, but in Chesky Sooners, that their whole thing of, like, oh, they would have been, like, 96 today or something like that. Yeah. And I always wonder about that. Because somebody said to me before, and they were saying, like, I hate the way old people do that. And I was like, I don't hate it. But I kind of, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I suppose that kind of makes sense because if you're sort of grieving and you're like, you know, you love someone, it's like, you'd be kind of always wondering what they would have been like at that age. Yeah. Well, it's, you know also, I mean? it's good to remember people like... The, mm. like uh, oh, definitely. Honour the dead and all that, but it's just... Yeah. There's that thing like you, you die twice. You, first is when you die and the second one is when... Um... You, you're never spoken of again, is it? Or like yeah. the legacy kind of goes? Yeah, it's like, I think... I remember Terry. There's a Terry Pratchett quote. It's like it's like when you stop leaving mar- uh, marks on the world or something, or when your your ripples that you leave in the world die out or something. Mm. So yes, it's like yeah. when people still remember you and reminisce and stuff. You're still alive in some way. Yeah, in some shape or form. Yeah. It's a nice way to put it. It's a nice way to think about it. Mm. So it's like almost our our duty in a way to remember to remember the dead and pass on some memories and sure that, that's all part of it telling stories of do you remember when she used to do that yeah. she's ever heard such mad stories about my grandfather man and i he died when i was which one when i was 14 maybe but he was very old for the last six years his life is pretty ill so i never really got the properly like gnome as much as, like, my older brothers and sisters, and some of the fucking stories that they used to tell me were mad. I, unfortunately, like, I'm pretty shit at poker, but all of my older brothers and sisters are really good at poker, and that's because <laughs> of the age of about five, my grandfather used to play poker with them with matchsticks instead of poker chips. <laughs> and they're, like, Helen as well. Like, she's really fucking good at poker. Like, <laughs> it's just... That's funny. Yeah, so, like, yeah, but he, he was just too old whenever I came around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so there's a thing I was going to go on to about the from the Ramdas thing and everything. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, I forgot as well, don't worry. <laughs> but it was an idea I had for a while ago anyway, it was like this idea of, I, I was calling it a guru 
which I don't know if is really the right word because like um like Maharaji was this was like uh Duncan I think his what he called his guru mm-hmm. and Ramdas's guru and then Pete Holmes' guru and all this here. So it's it might not be the right word. I think what I'm really thinking of is more of like a mentor. But mm-hmm. it's not like a direct mentor, if you know what I mean. So I like I don't I, really a know guide, what the word. maybe kind of. It's almost like sure. it's it's like a mentor that you don't talk to. You just kind of look towards, and you can. Um, mm. um, the, the reason I the reason I thought about it was like as this uh, it was Pete Holmes and Dak Shepard talking about it, and uh, at some point, I think Dax brought up Sam Harris first, and that was like his guy that he always talks about. And Pete was like, "Ah, oh, sure, I always do it with Ramdas." And mm. I was like, oh, I always do that with uh, Ryan Holiday, the the stoicism guy. Yeah. And it's like, these are like these people that we like refer to all the time. And it's, um, it's like this person that you can acknowledge is like smarter than you, and just you can then you refer. Can, you kind of look up to, and you kind of take you follow what they say not follow what yeah. they say i get what you mean and you can defer to them too if you're like it's like what i need to do right now and then you can defer to what they do and you can like uh go from there Ooh. so um hang on i've written down some stuff let's see if... oh yeah so it's like um basically it became this like idea then it was like it's like oh i don't have it's like but it, it's like nice to acknowledge that there is someone smarter than you or whatever, and you don't have mm. all the answers, but you can turn to them when you need to. And then there's like this idea, it's like, and why would I have all the answers? And oh, yes. Second way to put it, yeah, because it's one thing, I suppose, like, you know, being humble to say that someone's smarter than you, but it's another step, as opposed to take it the one step further and be like, why Why would I? Why would I? Ever? Yeah, and that's what I've been trying to, like, practice, and it's it's really, like, it's really, like, nice. It's just like this... Re- releasing yourself to like this idea mm-hmm. and it's like um like why should i be the best or whatever it's like even the idea of the best it's like there only can be one best so why should it be me yeah and just be to indulge in that idea of just like not having to um like it's just it's it's really good well i, I, I don't know i'm just gonna i can kind of relate that to my life and like the moment that i'm still learning a lot at work and I've been under a lot of pressure because of like kind of doing everything by myself now and it is it's it's quite hard but like I ask an awful lot of questions and I kind of got complimented there yesterday I'll admit is that um because I'm a contractor and one of the works there Elaine just found out he said Thomas it's, it's quite obvious that you care and that like you want to learn I said yeah well I want to be a good analyst like you know I want to yeah. be good and like I'm constantly asking questions I was like I keep going people's like I know I'm annoying you but like you know, I want to make sure I get things right. I'm yeah. taking, I'm doing everything. I, I, I'm probably, I even said to them, I'm probably a bit slow. They said no, but I remember once in the kitchen, I was told this and it always did stick with me. And it was like, I was told that like, you know, you, you'd always be scared that someone will laugh at, because you ask a stupid question. But, you know, most of the time, stupid questions aren't laughed at or they aren't stupid questions. But the thing is, if you, if you ask a question, even if they do laugh at you, that's not that bad. But if you just don't ask the question and just do something wrong, then somebody will get angry at you. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I'm sure they'd rather tell you how to do something like five times and for you to go fucking and... fuck it up and then cause like an extra two days work or something. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like, I'm doing well enough at work that there is that sometimes like, you know, you're like fucking shit. You know I mean, like, no, just do it anyway. Like, and like, sometimes I even go up to people and it's like, I say the solution to make sure that is the solution. You know, I'll be like, right, I'm going to do this now, you know, sort of a thing. 
is that the right thing to do? Sort of just making sure, you know, there's a lot of, particularly because like obviously neither them not in the kitchen doing quality control for drugs. It's the most regulated industry in the world. So you do kind of have to make sure you're following a certain pattern, you know, and even if I'm unsure about anything, like I'm not going to lie yesterday there, yesterday was so stressful. I just kept making, now I was very lucky. I caught, I'd say every single mistake but I just kept making mistakes. Like I made mistakes the whole way through the day. Like just the yeah. whole way. Just as, as soon as I started, I did something wrong. I processed something with the wrong method. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I was like, you know, like just kind of like um, there was a lot of work to get done and I did get it done. Um, but I was just like going through it, going through it. And I just kept making mistakes, but I caught every single one and made sure to like write everything one up. And I was like, that's yeah, that would not happen if I just didn't ask and just didn't like, I know that I, still have a lot to learn if you know what I, mean. I don't know the ins and outs yet i'm aware of that <laughs> i'm really yeah. aware of that you know i'm i'm hyper aware of that if you know what i mean that i'm not just gonna fucking take the risk yeah and i'd say it's hard for the people i'm working with because they have their own work to do <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure it helps them too it's like when they're i'm sure when they're telling you how to do something that's like a reminder for them you know, there's mm-hmm. that thing. It's like you you really understand. So if you can explain something to someone, it's like that means you understand mm-hmm. it. So you know what you're on about. Like I will yeah. admit, I did feel pretty nice. Never like the girl Lane, like she's really signed to get on well with her. She was like, you know, it's clear that you care. And she said like, not to mention who I'm working for, but she was like quite clear that some of the contractors that come in, like because you see, you know, we can't really be fired by them, or if we are, we technically still have a job. And this kind of a thing, like she's saying that like a lot of people that come in as contractors, like they're they don't. Like, you know, something goes wrong. You see, because of the way, the position that I'm at, if I cause something that's called, like, a PR, which is, like, a laboratory investigation, I actually don't deal with it. Someone else does who's higher up than me, but only, like, a step, like, one step up above than me. So, like, right. not, much, not much higher. So, they're, like, a lot of times people come in and they're, like, they don't care. They make a mistake and they'll keep doing this shit over and over because it doesn't really affect them. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I'm still, like, well, I'm not going to fucking do that, like. <laughs> I'm not a dickhead like <laughs> but um yeah I was very happy with that yesterday I had a very stressful week but that was a very nice wee compliment at the end <laughs> yeah nice yeah so I just hi everyone listening just, you just heard me just toot my own horn now for about five minutes <laughs> isn't that what a podcast is pretty much yeah <laughs> here's why you should listen to us <laughs> uh, to continue from that idea of like um not have to have an all, having to have all the answers and everything. Mm. I started like look kind of looking into that or applying that idea more. And I was I was thinking about like you know I don't know if you maybe you didn't have this but like I'm sure you probably did. I think most people do when they were younger. It's like they look up to adults as always having all the answers. Oh yeah, of course. Like you see your parents as being fucking infallible. Like yeah, you know, they, could, like, they, they could tell you the sky is green. Be like you know what? Yeah. You're right. Like I could go to my dad with any question and he'd give me an answer. Yeah, any and problem, I, anything like. And then I, but I also remember at some point realizing that was bullshit. <laughs> yeah, because I remember you, whenever you grow up and you realize that adults are just people like you and me, and like we all don't really know. <laughs> yeah, because I remember like someone asking me something that I didn't know the answer to, but I still gave them an answer with authority, and I was like, hmm. I hadn't really thought about that, but uh, now that's what I think. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going to stand by. I yeah, remember... and that's like, that's like bullshit. Like, <laughs> like, 
it's like it's way better like to like it would have been a way better if i could go you know what i don't know the answer to that let's go find out mm. or something because like then that becomes like part of your identity then it's like like oh well i said that one time uh, so i guess i guess i guess now i'm right wing i don't know or yeah I, guess now, I, said that, like... I said that uh just after because someone asked me it and now that's what i will also that's, always answer and, and it's like yeah it's like the, this like funny it's like well i said that and now I'm holding a Nazi meeting. I don't know how I got here. I don't really believe in this, but like I said it, so I guess this is who I am. But, but we um, do like we're we're like programmed to think that we should we have to have an uh, an we, opinion we or know. something we, on on everything. Like I you did, can't I, you can't just go like I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> like heard um, you get scorned for saying you don't don't have an opinion on something. Like there's um I remember when I was working in the doctor's kitchen, Danny was studying like sociology and psychology and philosophy and it was very interesting but he was chatting about um what was it he said there's a there's a scale and it doesn't happen to everyone but there's a scale usually the more educated you get the more easily you fall into that pitfall mm. and the example the example they gave was there was some physicist discussing something with like a politician or something and the physicist physicist obviously is like a phd and all and he's very smart and they were talking about like some sociological issues something you know like say imagine something like gay rights or like voting or something like that and the physicist, although he knew nothing about like what was actually happening, because he had a PhD in physics, which is completely unrelated, he considered himself as being able to talk and be knowledgeable on the topic. Yeah. But he has no background in it. But it's just because he thinks that he's smart or that he's educated, which, yes, he is, but in a completely different field, in a completely different, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And there's a, it's apparently easier to get into the pitfall they reckon that that might be why, like, it's maybe like for politicians or people like are higher educated, that it's easier for them to fall into that pitfall because people probably tell them they're smart or people tell them they're yeah. right, and then it's like, well, of course I am because I always usually am. Which I thought was an interesting aspect of it, like, you no, know, as to why it happens. But you're right, Jay. You have to, you have to give an answer. It's very weird. I mean, it's only, it's only if you get questioned multiple times do you eventually go, I don't know, kind of panicked. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be so much better if we could just go. I like. I have no idea. Like I don't really, I've never really thought about that, and and it's like, uh well, actually, this person uh, knows a lot about that, so I think I might look him up or whatever and see what he has to say and form an opinion, and then yeah, but sure. I don't know why, but I do know this quote. Uh, it's an actually an anarchist quote, but it's something: if you need shoes made, go ask the cobbler. If you need, if you're sick, go ask the doctor. And I'm paraphrasing, probably fucking this up. But essentially, it's supposed to be that if you need something or you need to know something, go ask the expert. Yeah. And don't take any... The whole point is because you don't actually take any other advice or anything other than that, other than from an expert source. Because, well, that way you're getting it right. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's a good practice that I've been trying to apply it. Something I just like... I, I, I thought like... It's been kind of in my head for a while, and then I just like journaled it there like last week, mm. and I was like, oh, this could be something fun to talk about." But I try to apply it when I can to mm. just like. Well, that's good. See, I feel like I'm kind of like just something like because because you, you learn it in kitchens pretty fast when you're working like kitchenboard and chef and stuff because they are so volatile. Did you kind of learn to ask questions a bit more? I feel like that mm. would actually that kind of bred that into me in a good way because sometimes like, yeah. you know sometimes still you can get pretty nervous asking questions or like you know you've been yeah. shown something but you've been shown something like fucking once 
it'd be like like I got I had to do something like there on Friday and it kind of stressed me out a bit because I'd never fucking done it before <laughs> and it's like so I was completely lost and I was like trying to write it out and like this girl Neve who's from Donegal it's very nice for she pretty like she did like an awful lot of it for me and I said thank you Neve for doing my L rap for me but she just helped me along she's like sure you've never done it and I was like yeah but um I think being working kitchens did help me kind of come over that because like to be honest where I'm working now like you know everyone's an awful lot less volatile it's a lot easier to ask questions <laughs> do you know what I mean but I was yeah. used to a situation where somebody could fucking flip out or fucking call you a cunt or shout at you or scream in your face or throw something at you that makes it so easy for me now. <laughs> Which, yeah. it's a bit extreme I suppose <laughs> but like uh, but, burst uh, by fire or whatever yeah but um, I feel like kitchen's gonna breed that because you have to ask questions because uh, if you go in gung ho you're you're fucked a lot of time. <laughs> unless, you can actually, unless you can do it. There's an interesting podcast I listened to um, at one point over the last week or so. What's it called? It was... Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> there was a comedian, uh, Moshe Kasher, one of his podcasts. Oh, Moshe Kasher, yeah, I've, I, uh, I've heard of him. He's like He was like a drug addict and he was like 16, stuff like that. It's pure mad life. But he's like to reformed, I think. Or not reformed, recovered. Mm. I just know, like, I actually haven't watched any stuff, but I follow him on, like, Instagram and stuff, and I read his updates. It's really weird, because it's kind of funny, because I haven't, like, I've, like, read about him and read stuff about him, but just haven't watched his stand-up, which is kind of weird. But I yeah, just I, I, I haven't Sorry. heard his stand-up, but I do like him from just seeing him on podcasts and stuff. Yeah, he seems like a really, like, interesting kind of guy. I just know because he, like... He's he's on a promo of some show and he's like, yeah, I grew up with like two parents on disability and I'm Jewish. He was like, I'm a poor Jew. We do exist. And the guy <laughs> beside and the guy beside him was like, fuck, let me take a photo with you, just joking. Like, and I was like, that's pretty funny. Like, I don't know. Just... <laughs> His podcast was called Hound Hound Tall with Mosa Kasher, and the episode I listened to was one on polyamory, which is really interesting. There's this guy, um, Christopher Ryan. He wrote a book called uh, Sex at Dawn. I think that's the name of it. But it's like about um, sex at the dawn of man. Like, <laughs> All right, okay. But uh, yeah, one of, one of Moshe Kasher's things is like, he's in a, he's married now, I think they kid, possibly. But um, Yeah, they, they do have a kid according to his Instagram, anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he like, um, I think like I've heard this story in pretty much every podcast he's been on. He was on Pete Holmes and he was on so Tom Segura and uh, him and the wife were on Tom Segura's yeah. one actually but I uh, was talking about um like uh whenever they got together at first he was like uh so can I like see other people like maybe or maybe like maybe at a when I go to Burning Man maybe I could and then he he tells the, the story about how like his wife then was like it's like yeah I really have to think about that actually and she like didn't speak to him for like a week eventually she came back although like this is like how he told it she was mm. there to, to join in on your mom's house so it was a little yeah. bit differently she was just like oh, i don't know I, I didn't like consciously not talk to you or whatever well, yeah, <laughs> but exactly. anyway just compute it like yeah so um she did she came back to him after a week and uh she was like uh the thing is like you could go away and have sex with someone and it wouldn't mean anything and I'd be sitting here thinking about it. But, and then if I was to go see someone else, then I'd have to fall in love with that person. And sure, you don't want that to happen either. 
and he was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair, yeah." Yeah, and the thing was, the thing was, like, he actually felt like really seen that she did this. She because she actually like took on what he's going to say, and he's like, oh, "She okay, didn't yeah. just get like angry at it. She thought about it." Yeah, because he's just like, <laughs> "I listened to like they've another podcast together called like the." I think it's called Everlasting Honeymoon or something like that. Or the, mm. And it's like, they were like, I don't know how much of it's a joke or how much of it is real, but like, they were doing a thing like how many sexual partners each other had and she had like 17 and he, he said he had like 400. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, she kept guessing. Yeah, she kept guessing. And she gets like 400 and he was like yeah probably about that <laughs> that's hilarious but uh i don't know i doubt it's that high but anyway like that yeah, but like, it's that no still point. shows you the kind of person he is where like he he's not a relationship guy or whatever yeah yeah but anyway this uh guy christopher ryan he wrote this book about like polyamory and he was he was very careful to say so i will also say he wrote it with his wife so it's not yeah. just an old man talking about this shit. It's yeah, like... and just uh, being pervy or something. It's like, yeah. I know this is from an educated perspective. Like, Yeah, he's talking about the difference between chimps and bonobos. And like, um, I don't know if you know much about bonobos. No, I just kind of know that they're essentially just another ape. Yeah, and that basically. He's, he's also a pretty decent like uh, techno artist or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he makes some dope as heck house tracks yeah <laughs> um so they're like bonobos and chimps are the most um the closest relatives we have in the animal kingdom we share like 99.7 percent of our dna with them or something crazy like that yeah um basically he described it as chimps and bonobos are twins and then we are the next brother so like they're really they're super close to each other and then they're also pretty close close to us and equally as close to I us. I imagine I imagine that we're like the older brother, well technically the younger brother actually, chronologically. Mm. But uh, you know what I mean. The younger brother with some <laughs> radical ideas. <laughs> but um bonobos are um they're like um these uh they they like live like polyamorous relationships and all like this year like chimps um are these really aggressive animals like we always get compared to chimps and chimps go around they like murder each other and they rape each other and all this here stuff yeah. or bonobos who are equally related to they go around and they they have sex and they look into each other's eyes while they're doing it and they hold each other's hands and stuff and they like live in these communities where they share lovers and children and they they share food and everything and oh, it's just like, yeah, it's like, this is interesting how he talks about it. It's like they, like, bonobos have only even really come into the con like collective consciousness in the last, like, five years or so, maybe. Mm. And it's like, it's just easier to sort of sell the story of, like, all oh, humans are, like, chimps. It's like, we are these, we're the animals, we're brutish. Yeah. It's like, we're, you don't hear about how we're, like, the bonobos who just... Right, all the time, <laughs> <laughs> and with everyone in a shared space. Hmm. It's really interesting. Mm. Pretty interesting. And there was some stuff he's talking about, like um, some guy who like um, 
he's with some tribe or something and they ha- they like lived in a polyamorous society and the guy was like well how do you like how do you know what like know which kids yours or whatever and the guy was like, well we love all the kids and he looked at the guy like pure crazy or something it's like it's like what you don't love all like you only love your own that's a bit weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like fucking freak it's <laughs> an interesting way to look at it i suppose it's mm. like kind of taking it as like well they're all my kids so yeah and he's talking to about how like um in these bonobo societies they the only like um sexual interaction that doesn't happen is like mother and son so he's saying that like the the term motherfucker is a phrase that has predated language because <laughs> they it's like like father and daughter could happen but these are what did he call it exo exo something exogenic is that the word i don't know basically uh, when females reach maturity they leave and go to another tribe so that that, that doesn't really happen Oh, right, okay, yeah, so they're just increasing the gene pool in that way. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember something other interesting stuff. There was a really interesting thing he got onto, which is this idea of, like, societal or cultural trauma. And he was talking about how, like, if you... Say if a, a kid goes to their parents, it's like, oh... Uncle Bobby touched me, and mm. the parent goes, "Ah, he's a bit weird. Don't bother. You shouldn't spend time with him." The kid will yeah. be grand. Where if the kid says oh. the same thing and the parents freak out and they're like, "What? He did what?" And then the police come and they start questioning the kid, and then the kid sees Uncle Bobby going to prison. The then the kid gets trauma then through that, not by the actual thing that happened but by the reaction it starts being the child will start being like oh i did this or whatever yeah and he was talking about how like he's concerned that like the same things happening with like me too movement and stuff where weirdly by being more specific with um the labels of what's right or wrong it's causing more trouble like like women it's, are like the trauma is still real but it's also creating being, it as well sort of yeah it's weird effect like he was talking about how um he used an example of some woman there's a, a celebrity who like she got her picture taken with him and he had his hand around her waist and he said she said like he kept like grabbing her her side hmm. and like she and she like spoke out about this and it was like the way she described it doesn't even sound like sexual at all. It's like he kept like grabbing hunks of her flesh, and like then people like latched onto this story and it blew up and everything. So like and like she ex- like she experienced real trauma, but it he then compared that to like Spanish countries where like that kind of stuff's normal and they don't. It's not even that they don't think that they are being harassed or whatever in their culture. They literally aren't. Yeah. It's like I remember like Kelly always whenever she lived in Spain, like it's just so like common for everyone. Whenever you meet, like you know, we shake hands in Ireland, but they kiss each other on the cheeks. Yeah. And like but what's weird is that in that culture that you are actually being rude if you refuse that. Yeah. Because why like you know, like what's wrong? Why are you not doing that? Like, you know. 
but at the same time, she's saying like in some places that might be sexual harassment, but over there, that's that's not at all. <laughs> yeah, and they don't. It's it's not that they don't. It's like they're not like uh, pretending that they're not or whatever either. It's like it literally doesn't have any effect on them. They're just like whatever. Like it, it's and you, the another example I gave then there was like some woman who went to spend time with some like tribe in Africa. Maybe I I don't know. I can't mm. remember the details, but um. One of the nights she was staying there, um, I don't think it happened to her. I think it happened to someone else. But anyway, some someone came into their room and tried to like, uh, with the intention to rape the the one of the tribeswoman. But he like made a noise or something, and she woke up and then he ran away. So the next story, the woman that was there with them, the reporter, or whatever she was, I don't know if she's a reporter or a scientist or something. Anyway. Um, they she heard them telling the story and they were laughing about it. And then she was like, "Well, he tried to rape you," and they didn't even they didn't have a word for rape. Even they were just like, "What?" They just were telling this funny story. And then she tried to explain, and it's like he was trying to put his penis inside you. And then they just laughed harder. And they were like, "Sure, what can a, a wee penis do?" <laughs> like their culture is so different. They did couldn't even imagine they, a dick being a threat. Yeah, they're, they're it's like yeah. As you say, you don't even have a word for rape. It, it doesn't yeah. exist. It doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it literally like, just does not exist. doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but they just, it doesn't register as a, a it's, problem it's, or anything. It's, yeah, it's just not acknowledged whatsoever. It's just, a, it's, 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 it's fascinating, like. Yeah, it's, that's pretty, like, that's very insane. Like, that's extreme. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things that I thought would be kind of universal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Bones. I know. It's It's crazy, like. It's I, mad. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's very interesting. That's very mad. Yeah. I, I just, I'm sorry, I just can't get over it. I was like, what do we peers do? Like fucking like, Yeah. Yeah. Like so what is that like is that just like what they always say if if you know if it if they're unsuccessful, I use a small dick, there you go. <laughs> like and we can still look at that and be like, Well, that's still a bad thing to happen. To happen, yeah. But to them they it doesn't mean anything, like to them it's just that's probably that just a yeah if it happens it's probably just a way that you get pregnant in their tribe or something like it's probably just yeah it's just yeah exactly it's it's just the norms the traditions yeah it's just like it's a it's a really um interesting thing that societal or cultural trauma like it's a mm. Don't know what to do about it, like, but <laughs> yeah, it's still interesting, right? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Just seems it's like, especially it also just seems wild. <laughs> like that's just like yeah, not to us, but like if it was then again, that's because of why we're we're raised in our culture. So it's just that's kind yeah. of a culture clash or a culture shock there. Yeah, they're probably thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like what? What's wrong with you, idiot? <laughs> that's interesting. That's mad. I was going to say, I wonder where that tribe is, but that sounds really weird. <laughs> if you've been affected by any of the subjects in tonight's show, please write in. Yeah. Or leave us a voice message ranting and raving. Yeah. And we'll, 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 and then we'll play it in the next episode after the intro. And we'll tear it apart. Yeah. <laughs> no, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> we won't even listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we can do the the music segment oh yeah of course so first of all i want to say that i really enjoy the best now anyway 
oh, yeah. whole, I, I understand what you mean by the whole album, just like every song is kind of like a, a, a hit. Yeah. Sort of every song is just like, yeah, that's pretty good. Like there's obviously songs like more on the album compared to others, but in general, yeah. it's a very solid album, but also just every song is like kind of that good hit, that upbeat kind of like, yeah. Yeah, there's like something memorable about everyone. It's like when you're when you're listening back, you're like, oh yeah song as well <laughs> yeah and that one and this is why this one's catchy and this is and this is this one's great and yeah so right what have you got this week uh this time i have what i think is probably my favorite i think it's probably my favorite album from last year um it's um, by Great Grandpa. It's their second full length, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm going to talk too much about it. I'm, I think I'm just going to put a song in because that's kind of what sold me. But it's a really mm-hmm. nice combination. There's like a lot of different genres going on. It's like there's a bit of grunge, emo indie pop. There's even like um, like this, the song comes on after this one, Mono no Aware. The one that comes on after that is like an alt country song. And it's just uh, like, ah, it's great. Like, I love the vocals and the lyrics. Like, the vocal, and it's like somehow it can be like, it's like powerful and like tender. And ah, it's just got, for me, it's just like the full package. Mm-hmm. Classes listening today again, walking about, and it's just like, so yeah, uh, like I said for last week, these are all ones that you can buy. So I bought this there last week. So oh, I think I think I'll probably like link the Bandcamp so you can see these directly. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Because uh, I want to, uh, I want, I want to keep them more, um, like, I want to keep them like stuff that means something to me and is also quite current, so you can support like new or new, new artists and, and stuff. Yeah, and new releases. Gonna, and when you say you link it, you you should you're gonna link it in, like the description of the video. Yeah, link their like link uh the Bandcamp so you can go straight and buy the album if you want. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think that's fantastic. Actually, a good way to support musicians. Like, uh, I don't think I'll play the full song in the podcast episode. I'll just give you a hint, but I think you should listen to the whole episode now. Okay. Let me know what you think, cause like, I read a description on it and then listened to the song, and that was this song. I was just like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a listen now.
Yeah, I'm done. That's that's fucking class. Yeah. Great build up at the end. Yeah, it's really nice. Mm. Like even just like, like there's so many. The album has a lot of different things going on. Like in that song, even there's like a vocoder harmony, mm. and then like there's a there's a song in the album. It's just like a piano interlude. You know, it's like so it's good at like incorporating different things. Uh, I really love her voice as well. It's really nice. Yeah, her voice is really nice. I just remembered actually while I was listening to that back there that there was one night one day uh, during the winter there like I wanted to get up and uh, get get out walking before the sun came up. Hmm. So I got up I got up early. I like got out the door and I put this album on as as I was leaving and I hmm. walked to the park. And then this song came on just as I was like entering the park, and it was just like I was just perfect. I I like came out into the wee clearing, like all the the the, the lights were still on, like that were yeah. And it was just like the sun was slowly coming up, and I was like, oh, this is class. Sometimes yeah, if you're just in a sometimes if you're listening to music and you're like in a position where just somehow the song just is it my fit it's like a sound, perfect soundtrack yeah, for the, the time t- being like it's just uh, the, when you get yeah, such a t- weird feeling but it's the like the timing was just right like because mm. it's just like i think that's like the third or fourth track on the album or something so just as i was coming into the thing this came on i was like ah oh, it's all lining up perfectly mm. <laughs> i was looking up that saying because i remember looking up before wondering what it was was that a uh, mono no aware mm. the pathos of things it's like an empathy towards things or a sensitivity to eph- ephemera. Okay. It's a Japanese term for the awareness of impermanence. Mono no aware, the ephemeral nature of beauty, the quietly elated, bittersweet feeling of having been witness to the dazzling circus of life, knowing that none of it can last. It's basically about being both saddened and appreciative of transience, also about the relationship between life and death. Oh, well. Japan, there are four very distinct seasons, and you really become aware of life and mortality and transience. You become aware of how significant those moments are. It's really nice, isn't it? It's really nice. Adds a lot more, a uh, lot more depth to the song now as well. Mm. <laughs> mm. I don't know why. I must remember that. It's interesting. So Japan has four different seasons, and because of that, they can I suppose historically even see the passage of time as more defined. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. It's mm, very interesting thought. See, so, yeah, it's different for us because it's like grey. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just grey the whole time. There's no idea about the transient life because it doesn't really change. It's just grey. <laughs> you get warm winter and cold winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it uh, I remember saying before? Is it like, you know, 25 degrees is hot in Ireland? And it's like, even like in a lab, like room temperature is considered 25 degrees. It's like, so in Ireland, all we want is outside to be. <laughs> room temperature we just want you to close the door and keep eating <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh so like no but i imagine because like that's interesting didn't know that i actually didn't know that about japan kind of interesting idea aspect of like japanese culture and because of that it must be, i'd say it must be to do with like their um like plant life and stuff too mm. and it's highly volcanic as well of the areas in japan aren't they mm. So and I'm wondering, it's like, you no, know, the way they've got like a lot of cherry blossoms is like maybe that different colors of the trees and stuff clearly mark things. Mm, yeah, you know it's I mean? a lot. It's, it's a lot more distinct. Whereas yeah. it wouldn't really be as distinct for us because, like, I suppose, like maybe not six months, maybe four between four and six, where we kind of have like you know where you know the leaves do change color. I suppose we have winter where they fall off, but like 
still for a large part of the year or more, there's leaves on the trees, if you know what I mean. So maybe yeah. it is more distinct. We've got a lot of like um, evergreen trees too. Yeah, that as well. So yeah, you can give that album a listen and... Uh, I will do. Get your review on that one. And now for our white hot, straight off the presses, brand new track from Letterkenny's Tua. Oh, right. Oh, I see. I think it's Mr. Nelly. Have you seen this? Yeah, I think so. I was going to choose a different song and then I was like, you know what? This song just came out and I really like it. So <laughs> mm. let's stick that one in. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that wee look of Clint the Sesh King at the end. 
Yeah, yeah, no, we just had the night the magical tin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Note that we ended in that song. Yeah, the build up was quite was very yeah. good. Yeah, it's a good tune. Mm-hmm. There you go, and we'll have one of the cameramen for that song with us in part two. In part two. That sounds good. I'm assuming that was Kieran. Part two? Part two? Yeah, that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely what you have to call it in a way. Part two? <laughs> part one of two? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Let's do this for leaving then. I think so. Uh, I'm liking the music section, I must say. Or maybe we should, actually, should we sign off first before I say that? <laughs> no, no, because we'll be back for on SG. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I don't, we don't really need to. If we're going to be back for part two, I don't think. That's true, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, I really like that music section and the idea of that. It's just, uh, I think that'll be good if you're listening to it to break it up a wee bit. And you kind of yeah. know, and you kind of, if it became a regular thing, you kind of know that there's going to be, you're very good. You've always been very good to me for giving me new bands to listen to. So, like, you're yeah, just, just, you're just, just doing that to more people now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just indulging my own sense of being like, hey, listen to this band I love. Yeah, but like, yeah, but you've shown me an awful lot have of. Have you ever noticed really how like... great my taste in music is? <laughs> yeah, but That's you have. That's me... all it is, really. <laughs> yeah, I understand that, but you've always been good for showing me bands. You know what I mean? So it's a kind of nice. Yeah. Weird. I, I, I do like the segment. It's a good segment. Yeah, it's also just kind of like because I had to buy um, the Banya song last week to put it in the episode two, which I hadn't really thought about. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's making me support music as well so yeah so yeah yeah so it works on all levels yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i think that'll do for part one of yeah, two like all right man well it's been good chatting to you yeah man i'm so happy that your your housing stuff is sorted what well, kind or of it's... more sorted anyway yeah it's extended at least Less stressful. <laughs> yeah Oh god, last week I just don't even know, man. <laughs> think about it, like it just really all came on me at once. Like it was just, oh, it was very sudden. I don't know. Thanks, man. Yeah. After all, it's neither there nor here. We could worry about the future, but most of it won't even include us. We may as well enjoy the shit show while we try to leave it better for everyone else. What are we? Each other